Game.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features. They're completely free as we launch into another week of fun here joining you tonight. Things are a little bit different on Monday nights. It's now Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Dale moving from Fridays to Mondays. And I think Michelle Seven will be taking over Fridays. So, so a slight change around in our uh, our co-host schedule here. 800-259-9231. Again, you can uh, bring up what you want. We'll start out here. Uh, of course, we'll take your phone calls about anything. Uh, but we'll start out with uh, this teacher story right off the top of freetalklive.com. And uh, one of the top three stories there, uh, well, top four, which, by the way, are voted on by you. You can go to freetalklive.com and vote up the ones you like, down the ones you don't like, and submit new ones to the system. And, uh, of course, the more votes items get, the more likely we are to talk about them on the air. Fayetteville, Arkansas, where the AP reports that a former Elkins High School teacher has been convicted of having sex with an 18-year-old student and was sentenced to 30 years in prison. The Northwest Arkansas Times reports that a Washington County Circuit Court found 37-year-old David Paschal guilty on Tuesday of second-degree sexual assault and bribing a witness. Authorities even say that the relationship was consensual, but violates state law that prohibits sex between a teacher and a student younger than 21. Authorities say the girl reported the relationship after learning that Paschal... I find that interesting. What, what's the uh, level of charge? A college professor having sex with a 20-year-old woman? That just seems like something you should get fired for She was most. 18. I understand. Right. Well, I don't understand your question. Then. Well, the question is, what kind of charge? He's got 30 years? Yeah, that's a, that's got to be a felony. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a first-degree felony. It's a first-degree felony for a college professor to have sex with a, a 20-year-old woman. Well, and he's then, a former high school teacher. I don't know if I she I understand was... that, but that's not what the right. law says. It says a, a teacher to have sex with a student who's under the age of 21. True. It could I'm be a college to, professor. I'm trying to fathom this. Right, I'm right. trying to grok the inanity t- of this, this law. Right. You're not talking about this exact condition you're talking about in theory what about a student teacher where you're talking about just a graduate student that's uh you yeah know, good question how do teaching? you define teacher at what point is a teacher not a teacher anymore are we talking about that the, the student has to be in their class what if i'm a, what if it's the last i mean what if it's last semester student what if i'm giving tutorials what if i'm a tutor what if i'm spending time with uh, the student you know this is my only student this is nuts. Under yeah. 21? This is an 18-year-old. Yeah. 18-year-old the guy girl. Has, this is someone who's legal in every single state. That's correct. Age-wise, for, <laughs> she for, for, been, for giving consent for she, sex. She would have been legal had she not been his student and had he not been her teacher. One way or the other. Like, if he had been a teacher, but, but she wasn't that, a student. But because of that, it's 30 years in jail? That's yeah. insane. Had I mean, he been I, a teacher? Again, and, it's a, it might be unprofessional behavior. Oh, yeah, I'll it, give maybe you Maybe you should get fired, but go to jail for 30 years? Yeah. I don't want to pay for that incarceration. Oh, sure. Let some... Let this guy who passed this law pay for it. It's just madness. On the bribery charge, Paschal was convicted of telling a student that he would give the 18-year-old girl seven th- uh, several thousand dollars if she dropped the charges, which I wouldn't blame him for that, right? Like, dude, <laughs> well, look, lady, just take the cash. Leave me alone here. I mean, 30 years in prison would have been the, worth wait, the several thousand dollars. Charges? Well, what happened was she snitched on him after learning that he had expressed interest in another girl. 
Oh. So one of those situations where she must have known. How nasty is that? She must have known, right? I mean, she what? knew she was Can 18, I just say so this she must on have known air? about this law that, pro- that prohibited this. Can I just say this on the air? What a bitch. Yeah, absolutely. He's going to so. rot in prison for 30 years uh, because she's jealous. Well, I mean, yes. <laughs> well, because the system is awful. But yes, <laughs> well, she, yes. It, what started it was that she snitched on him and... I'm not saying that, uh, you know, it's, it's upstanding behavior, but, you know, the way that you punish somebody for not having upstanding behavior in a relationship is by not being in a relationship with them anymore. Yeah. They don't give, you don't cast your pearls before swine any longer. So, you know, I mean, the, to do this, this is, this is an abuse of the system. And I, I love how, um, you know, this, this girl is supposed to be this delicate flower that has been besmirched by the, by the dirty, dirty professor. The but she knows, in fact, about this, uh, knows enough you would presume. to snitch on this guy. Okay, so the, the delicate flower that knows nothing about the sex. ways of the yeah. world. She's been taken advantage of. She's been taken advantage of. She's her, 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 her womanhood has been besmirched. This lecherous 37-year-old teacher. She knows how to use the system to slam a guy for 30 years. Yeah, that's right. Make her pay for his incarceration. If she wants to get back at him so much, she should pay for it. That's a great point. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Just when I saw this, I was just absolutely stunned. Absolutely stunned. I mean, the whole idea that somebody who's 18, 19, 20 years old can't make decisions for themselves to have sex with uh, with somebody. Does it also why why not go ahead and put the girl in jail, too? I mean, surely she was doing this for a reason. I mean, the idea, right, that she was being taken advantage of. She probably wanted better grades or whatever it would uh, be that would come out of this deal for her. Well, I come I, on. Do you think she I was really support, attracted to him? I I don't know what she I don't wanted. Know. I I don't support putting her in jail, but I gotta say that this is just I, I'm I'm gobstopped. I mean, it's amazing to me this whole thing. Thirty years. This is how this is how the judicial system is serving us. He had, uh, by the way, taught uh, history and psychology and was fired back in May. So, story. That's that's it. That's all there is to it. Uh, your thoughts are certainly welcome at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Maybe there's somebody out there that actually agrees with this. I mean, surely people must agree with this concept, right? I mean, some somebody must. It was put into legislative action. They thought this was so important. They passed a law specifically for this circumstance. I can see why somebody would pass, you know, would would believe that it's a, a a good idea, you know, to throw some teacher in jail for having sex with their fourteen year old student or something like that. I get that. I do I don't not agree with that. Well, I'm not. Did I say I agreed with it? Okay, just saying. I said I understand it. Um, I do not understand how in the world you can talk about uh, you know a professor and an 18 year old girl. If the guy's using his power in order to you know mess with her grades or something like that, mm-hmm. well, that's sexual harassment. Then it, it, it yeah. seems like we got. It seems like we've got some kind of situation. Threatening. Yeah, 30 yeah. years. And then offering the girl some money to uh, to drop the charges. I, I mean, I just, but does, doesn't sexual harassment usually result in a civil suit? Don't don't they usually yes. get sued? I mean, most sexual harassment cases don't result in jail time. They result in losing a lot of money in a lawsuit. I think, but girl's crazy, man. <laughs> I'm I'm sad they didn't publish her name so people could know. She, they like, should know stay what away a bitch from she her. Is, to stay yeah. away from her, exactly. Right. This is not somebody you want to get involved with. No. She is not worth it. (laughs) She may be really hot, but uh, not worth it. Can you imagine? This lady has some trouble moving on, right? I mean, like, you know...
<laughs> I'll get I'll him. I'll show him. Yeah, I <laughs> shouldn't even take several thousand dollars like that. I had a friend who, uh, I you know, I never dated him, but um, I had a friend who would take an ad out, you know, on someone who who dissed him in a relationship or something. In what way would he take like that? Um, I'm trying to remember the details of it. He would basically... Like post you know, the other guy's phone number? Um, and like bad things about them. Like hmm. call, in like the gay like, newspaper or something? Yeah, like a little like the little local rag, you know, and and just just to kind of diss someone publicly and and thirty bucks, I you know that's that's one thing. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it's still kind of like the whole thing about being vindictive over a relationship. And I and I had a talk to him one time, and and I said, you know, the best thing you can do for revenge is to move on and be happy. You know, uh, I think you're right about that. If you're lingering on someone like that and stalking and doing, then then they know you're still obsessed with them and. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's making them very uncomfortable, I'm sure, but it's and, not making them, you know. Right. This girl wanted to destroy this man's career. To the point. And that, possibly put him in jail. To the point that she wouldn't take a few thousand Thousands. dollars yeah. in order to, you know, make this all go away. Several thousand. Several I thousand. I mean, she wouldn't take several thousand. Oh, no. You've got to go. to And then she ch- snitched to the cops. Oh, no. You've got to go to prison for years. Let's talk to Alan in Georgia listening to WMTM and Moultrie. Hello, Alan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Alan? Man, I just uh, listening to your uh, listening to your topic right now, and it just kind of struck a familiar chord. I uh, live in South Georgia, and and, and know a guy. Uh, we were friends at a time that he was uh, caught in uh, a very similar situation. I'll tell you this what, if you could hang different. on, I'd like you to tell me about it in a moment. Here, can you stick with us? Yeah, sure. More with Alan in a moment. Alan will tell us his story about his friend. And your uh, thoughts are certainly welcome at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Especially if you think that teachers should be put into a prison cell because of consensual sex with their adult students. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. As we continue, uh, we will take your phone calls here. We're talking about a situation involving a teacher and a student and 30 years in prison for consensual sex. But first, I want to tell you about our archives. You can go to freetalklive.com to download them. Grab up as uh, many as you like because they go back for years, all the way back to late 2006. All free for you, courtesy of HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, you like the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. You'll get a 99.9% uptime guarantee, a 45-day money-back guarantee, 24-7 technical support. And if you use the portal we've created, hostgator.freetalklive.com, you'll get your first month completely free. 
hostgator.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Alan listening to WMTM in Moultrie, Georgia. Alan, you're back with us. You were telling us that this story about this teacher, a 37-year-old teacher going to jail for 30 years uh, because he had sex with an 18-year-old student, consensual sex, you said that rings a bell for you and you uh, begun telling us a story. So go ahead. Uh, it, it does. Yeah. And first, thanks for taking my call. But it's it's uh, really unfortunate. It's a crazy law. The uh, the guy that I knew, he was a, it's a little different, more egregious. He, he was a high school teacher uh, involved with a 17 year old girl that was in his class. Uh, it was consensual, I guess, as consensual as it could be with a 17-year-old girl. Well, but see, I don't get it, man. Was, what, what makes the, it more egregious? The 17-year-old girls I had sex with when I was 17 seemed like they were consenting to me. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the idea that it's more egregious because she's 17 and 300 days versus uh, 18 and 3 days, I mean, there's exactly. not much of a difference there, right? Uh, not, very, very yeah. little, uh, given, the, given the fact that the age of consent in Georgia is 16. There you go. He was... Uh, he was found guilty, uh, convicted, and and sentenced to 30 years in prison. It was 25 oh to 30 years, which was just insane. So this and, isn't just an Arkansas thing. You're saying this is happening in Georgia as well? Oh, oh, absolutely. He was uh, he was convicted, and and the I guess the general consensus, you know, half the people were were glad to see that happen, but but at the same time, I was just I was flabbergasted. As though the girl wouldn't have had sex. That, as though this seventeen-year-old girl wouldn't have ended up having sex in some other manner by the you know before she was eighteen years old. I mean, it's just it's pretty ludicrous. Well, you know, it's I bound, think that, bound to happen. I think bound, that, now I'm not going to I'm not going to condone that behavior because I don't, but. But at the same time, isn't it enough for him to lose his career? I would uh, think his, so. His respect, uh, his standing in a community, basically lose every. He lost his family. Lost Absolutely. Everything. Instead, they have to forcibly extract money from everyone in the community to keep that man in a jail cell and keep him from Luke, doing what? I mean, like you say, what? he's lost his career. How he's not going to have as uh, I guess an easy of a chance with seventeen-year-old uh, students anymore. Now he's just going to be That's the old right. washed-up teacher drinking away his sorrows yeah. at the local watering hole. But let me tell you the, the, how the story folded. It was, uh, a judge overturned that ruling about five years later. Really? Uh, and he was released. Hmm, so he, he did spend about five years in, in prison. Man. Um, so, you know, but, but my God, what a, what a, and I would not expect this guy to carry a 30 year term. Jesus, you can get in your car drive drunk, kill someone on the road, and spend less time in prison. Yeah, that's great for perspective. A ten year, it's a 10-year sentence. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, that, is, that is a rule. That's a law that will be repealed at some point. But, uh, yeah, I, I hate it, unfortunately. But I guess it just tells you, if you're a professor or a teacher in any manner, uh, keep your hands off the students. Wow, well, man. Thanks for sharing that story tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. For a moment there, I thought maybe this is just an Arkansas thing, but... I guess not. How many states have this law? How many states have this provision that's, that makes it so that if a teacher is having sex with a student, that's consensual sex, that you get more, you get more, you get more time for this than you would for raping somebody. 30 years? I, it's nuts. <laughs> yep. It's nuts. Oh, is there anything else that would get you more time than 30 years? Maybe mass murder? 
I mean, what would you have to well, do? You could get 30 years for murder pretty easily. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, the, the gentleman was talking about manslaughter. And, okay. And manslaughter gets you usually about 10. But like, you're talking about for murder, you're talking about like first degree murder, right? Yeah. Like, what about second degree murder where it's not as That second degree murder would probably not be that sentence. Right. So you could, uh, so, so second degree murder is, uh, you know, say you get into a bar fight yeah. and you kill somebody in the process. Um, you know, you're, you decide at that moment, I'm going to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. That that's second-degree murder. First-degree murder is I'm going to pick up this gun. I'm going to wander down the street. I'm going to shoot somebody. Or yeah. I'm going to plan it months in advance, and I'm going to shoot somebody. So first-degree is, is premeditated. Second-degree right. is in the heat of the moment. He could have uh, he could have uh, you know strangled the girl to death over a bad grade or something and gotten less time. It's incredible. It's incredible. 1-800-259-9231. Let's talk to Ralph in New York. Ralph, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Ralph? Oh, hi. How you doing? Hey, Ralph. Go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, hi, Bax. Uh, I want to close. I want to go to another topic, if it's possible. If sure. I ask you guys a, a particular hypothetical question. No problem. Cool go for it. Uh, here in New York City, uh, Bloomberg running for president after he leaves uh, the mayoral here in the city. Do you think this guy is going to be crazier by suing the gun manufacturers around the country? I'm sorry, I don't really understand your question. He's going to be crazier? I'm sorry, no, no, no. Do, do you think he's going to be a little bit uh, out of control if he becomes president of the United States? Well, what's your I view? think everybody is, uh, anybody who becomes president will be out of control. I mean, they're likely to, they're power seekers. They're people that want to control people. I mean, I mean having a billionaire, if you're having a billionaire, this guy, a billionaire running for the presidency would probably be a, you know, just to run for the White House would be pocket change from now. What do you think will happen if this guy will become president? It'll be worse than Obama or what? Well, odds are good it'll be worse because presidents seem to be getting worse over time. Uh, each president inherits. It's not because of who he is. It's simply because of the nature of the office. It attracts people who right. are seekers of power. And so it's certainly possible that this man could seek it. And if he gets it, then it's likely, whether it's he who wins or it's someone else entirely, it's very likely that person will be worse than Obama because they're inheriting everything that uh, Clinton created, that Bush created, that Obama created, like all of this big government and this this huge mechanism of violence becomes theirs to control and theirs to wield, uh, their whims to reward their friends and punish their enemies. So, yeah, they just keep building on one another. So I don't think it's because right. it's it's Mr. Bloomberg or whoever he is. It could be any politician that it you It just reminds in. me when Republican when, when Democrats were Basically, Democrats were complaining about the Patriot Act, and Republicans were defending the Patriot Act. And now, guess what? Obama's got the Patriot Act. <laughs> so now, all those Republicans ahead, that were defending it. Now, what do you think is, now, how do you view his, his ideology? I don't care. Yeah, I don't know that much about thug. the guy, quite frankly. Is he uh, is he anti anti gun? I mean, that's what you're saying. He's an anti gun Republican. He's one of those guys. He's he's yeah. a New York City uh, <laughs> mayor. He's a, yeah, New York City mayor. You know what yeah. I'm well, he, well, he bought the, he bought another, another term in City Hall. Yeah, what else do you need to know about this guy? I mean, he's the um, mayor of the largest city in in America, and the, the, he holds incredible power over people, and he's wielding it just like any other thug would wield his power. I mean, they're all thugs to me. That's I don't know. I don't know what his philosophy is, and I don't care. Thanks uh, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. I, I know all I need to know about the guy. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. It doesn't It doesn't even matter to me what his name is. He's the guy who's the mayor of New York. What else do you need to know? You don't get to a position like that by being somebody that loves small government or more freedom. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam there. You can go and watch and listen to the show as well as interact with other Free Talk Live listeners uh, because our chat room's built into the same page. So go see it for yourself and get interactive at chat, or excuse me, cam.freetalklive.com. If you put in chat, that'll bring up a full screen chat window. So you can do that if you want. But cam.freetalklive.com uh, will get you both on the same page. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They also offer great prices and service on used networking equipment such as Cisco routers and switches in stock, ready to ship. The overnight delivery. It's memorydealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, again, you can bring up whatever you want. But since we're on the topic of uh, teachers and students and uh, underage I guess, activities here, which is kind of what we're flirting around, I guess, a little bit. The original story, she was 18 years old. Uh, but uh, would it have been much worse for him if she'd been 17? And this guy, this teacher, if you're just tuning in, in Arkansas, was convicted, sentenced to 30 years in prison for having consensual sex with an 18-year-old student. It's just unbelievable. What? How How much worse could it have been? What if she was 15 or 16 or something like that? Would, would it have really been that much worse at that point? Yeah, you know, I just, I, I, to me, it seems like there should be punishment for this. But that punishment should be the, loss of the, guy's, yeah, the loss of the guy's job. And I would think that, you know, that, that for, first off, the school should say, had sex with student as the reason for firing. And you would think. Be hard for him to get I'm another job. I'm just guessing. You would think that he's thrown away his education career and his degree and the whole thing on down, on down the pipe. I don't think that this guy this guy isn't a sex criminal. He uh, he has it. He's not. No, the, he's a man. Right. He's a guy. He's, he's unprofessional. That's, what that's exactly yeah. what he was. He was absolutely unprofessional. Would it be you know if he was threatening the girl with look you're going to get an F sweetie pants if you don't drop him right here that would be coercion. That's rape as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, it, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not going to call well, it the same as any other kind of rape. But it, it's not I can see you rape. calling it that. I'm just saying that's that's sexual harassment. Typically, when you put pressures on someone, that's sexual not, coercion. Yeah. Is what that is. But sexual the, harassment's like where you say things to people that I, are uncomfortable in environments in which they shouldn't be said. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you're threatening someone with essentially some kind of punishment well, if, if, for but the idea is, if you come on to someone and they reject your advances, and then then you basically seem to punish them through because you're their boss yeah. or you're right you're professor. using leverage over them it's sexual harassment but in those in those circumstances the person can leave whereas here it's a public school where the person is uh this is a, a high school right 
It, he was a high school teacher. Right. So the, the, the person has to, their parents have to pay to send her there. I think it's a little worse than somebody being at a, at a business. I'm not. I, that's you know, why I call it sexual coercion. Yeah. Rather. It's, I, I don't, you know, whatever, whatever. If he used, he didn't appear to have done that. As a matter of fact, uh, part of his charges are that he offered her money in order to drop the case. So she, he got a tampering with a, a witness yeah. charge. Several thousand dollars, which says to me that this girl is so vindictive, she won't take a few grand to forget about this. She wants to to drive this guy into the dirt. Well, the madness of the sexual laws in this country don't end there. Here's another one for you from Radley Balco over at Reason.com. In the spring and summer of 2006, Eric Reinhardt, at the time a 34-year-old police officer in the small town of Middletown, Indiana, began consensual sexual relationships with two young women. Ages 16 and 17. One of the women had contacted Officer Reinhardt through his MySpace page. He had, you see, uh, cops have these uh, groupies sometimes. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I'm not saying that's what they were, but there's a chance that that's the case. Anyway, he had known the other one, the daughter of a man who was involved in training police officers for most of her life. Reinhardt was going through a divorce at the time. The relationships came to the attention of local authorities and then federal authorities when one of the girls mentioned it to a guidance counselor. Whatever you might think of Reinhardt's judgment or ethics, his relationship with the girls weren't illegal. The age of consent in the state of Indiana is 16. Now, that's also the age of consent in federal territories. Yet Reinhardt got into legal trouble because one of the girls mentioned to him that she had posed for sexually provocative photos for a previous boyfriend and offered to do the same for Reinhardt. Mm. Reinhardt lent her his camera, which she returned with the promised photos. Sounds like a good deal so far, right? Well, Reinhardt and both girls then took additional photos and at least one video, which he downloaded to his computer. In 2007, Reinhardt was convicted on two federal charges of producing... Child porn. That's right. Mm -hmm. U.S. District Court Judge David Hamilton, who now serves on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit, reluctantly sentenced Reinhardt to 15 years in prison. My hands are tied, sir. I must do this thanks to mandatory minimum sentences. His hands were tied. That's exactly what he wrote. There is no parole in the federal prison system, so barring an unlikely grant of clemency from the president himself, Reinhardt... Yeah, no, no governor can do it. It has to be the president. ...is serving his time at a medium security prison in Pennsylvania, will have to complete at least 85% of his term, assuming time off for good behavior or nearly... 13 years. Yeah, no president. It seems very unlikely to me that the president is going to uh, to, to pardon a child pornographer. Yeah. That's what he'll be called. That's, That's what, what he's be being called. Yeah, I, but is he? Is this really child pornography that was created? That this teenage girl created it's, of herself? Well, it's an interesting situation that the laws create because in most, in, there's many, many states where the age of consent is 16, possibly even 15 in certain mm-hmm. circumstances and things like that. And uh, and child and it's considered anything with eight, anything under eighteen is considered child porn if there's nudity involved. And so it's really ridiculous. Like you, if you happen to date someone who's in that awkward time period, you mm-hmm. can date them at sixteen, even have sex with them at sixteen. Right. You can see them naked, but you can't see have a naked picture of them. It's so ridiculous. It is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> I'd like to point out that in many states, I believe New Hampshire's included, you can get married as young as fourteen with consent heard, of your parents. You with mean? consent of the mm-hmm. parents. Um, now. You can't have sex with her before she's 14, but, yeah. but she's your wife after that. Now, I'd like to – I just – I have some questions.
questions here. <laughs> if I go ahead and find me something, you know, I, I uh, for whatever reason, lose you... the, the most wonderful woman in the world. Yeah. I find me some wonderful 14-year-old that I want to get married to. I don't have sex with her until after I marry I, These are a lot of if, weird right, ifs, right. right? I don't have it could sex happen. with her until her after I get married. parents consent to the marriage. parents consent right. to it. And then I make a video of me and my wife having sex. Yep. You're going to jail, buddy. And, and keep I it. committed child porn. Even if you keep it to yourself, right? Yes. Yeah. Still, you still made child internet. porn. You yeah. just oh, you own some child porn, even though like you can have sex legally. Yeah, it's it's really absurd. It's these nuts. laws are these laws are nuts. This is what happens when you try to legislate morality, yeah. people. I mean, there are a lot of uh, slipshod little rules here, and I keep on coming back to it. But it's a great example. I remember when I was a kid, I saw the movie A Coal Miner's Daughter, and it was about. Loretta Lynn, and she got married at, what was it, 14 years old to a guy who was 22? Uh, maybe it might have been 13. I'm not exactly sure what it was. was. Yeah, it was pretty young. And I'm not going to say they had the, the most stellar marriage in the world. Apparently, it was somewhat rocky, but they stuck together until he died. So hmm. who are, who am I to say otherwise? Uh, you know, I, it, I think we should stay the heck out of they've, people's business. They've folks done business. studies that people who marry young tend to... Tend to, to, stay, to together. stay together longer than if people get married older. See, they they think it has something to do with being more set in your ways and less, no less adaptable to growing. Mm-hmm. If you're growing up and, and living with another person, then the idea is that you're still adaptable. You're still not set in your ways, and so you can still be, be fairly, fairly malleable and adapt to the other person. I'd have to see these studies. I, I, I find the idea that anything that uh, young people do is uh, being permanent lasting seems unlikely to me. Well, there's actually uh, more detail <laughs> to this particular story from uh, Radley Balco over at Reason.com. In fact, the judge was not permitted to consider any mitigating factors in sentencing Reinhardt. It didn't matter that his sexual relationships with the two teen girls were completely legal, nor did it matter that the photos for which he was convicted never even went beyond his computer. Reinhardt had no prior criminal history he was a cop. Uh, more coming up here at 800-259-9231. I'll give you more details on this situation. It's just so sad. It's crazy. And you'd think, right, cops should know better. Well, clearly, the law is confusing. And even the cops don't even know what the law is. 1-800-259-9231. This guy's going to jail for a minimum, minimum of 13 years if he's a good boy in there. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. 800 800- On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into Free Talk Live, and get on more uh, radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to amp.freetalklive.com, get signed up. 
and you get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, the amp-only chat room, uh, excuse me, amp-only forum, rather, and more. It's all there at amp.freetalklive.com. There used to be an amp-only chat room. There technically still is, but I don't think anybody goes there uh, because the, the regular chat room. The market has spoken. Yeah, it has, right? So anyway, but AMP is there for you, and there's some neat bonuses that you get. Amp.freetalklive.com. We would certainly appreciate it. As we appreciate the support of Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, then you need to get in touch with Jason and his crew over at SACL CAI. They treat your clients with respect because, you know, you want to get them back after they get everything paid up. Uh, so get on over there to SACL CAI's website. You can link to it through ours. Go to freetalklive.com. Look on the right side of the screen. The little ad column there. SACL CAI is right at the top. So we continue. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about what happened to this uh, this man, cop, actually, 34-year-old cop in Middletown, Indiana, convicted, sentenced to prison 15 years in federal minimum security, pr- excuse me, uh, medium security prison for having sex with teenage girls. Oh, wait, no, no, that's fully legal. It was taking pictures of, oh, no, he didn't even take the pictures. The girls took the pictures. They did say that uh, the girl, in the one case, the girl did, uh, took it pictures did make, of herself. They said something about a video. But then I after guess. that, they, they made a video together. They, they had such fun with their little video yeah. nonsense that they went ahead and, and did some more. So, I yeah. mean, let's, let's characterize it as accurately as possible. But it's, hey, ladies and gentlemen, it's nuts that it's legal to have sex with a 16-year-old, but not legal to film it. Yep. That doesn't make any sense. Should it be legal to have sex with an 18-year-old and not be le- legal to fil- film it? It doesn't make any sense. Especially well, some people would say yes. Especially production of child porn, something that wasn't, uh, you know, was not released to the public. Yeah, these are not ridiculous. children. Uh, frankly, it's ridiculous to call it child it porn is. when it's a 16-year-old even. Yeah. It's not a child. I mean, it's, it's, you should call it something, and, and maybe it shouldn't be done, but calling it child porn is hyperbolic. Absolutely. Let's continue with Jace listening in Mexico. Jace, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on uh, your mind you tonight? Me? Okay, I'm calling from my computer. That's really that awful. sounds like you're calling from your computer. Do you have phones down in Mexico? <laughs> um, yeah, we do, but I don't have access to one. One second. Okay. Yeah, it would be best if you could call on a phone. I mean, it's not terrible. Um, so, anyway, go ahead with your thoughts. I just have a, a quick question, then I'll go ahead and take off. Sure. Um, if I, just theoretically, if I have pictures of myself as a, a child, 11, 12, 13 years old, and now I'm 25, 26 years old. Is it illegal for me to distribute pictures of myself? Even Likely. Though now I'm past that age? Absolutely. I'll bet, you, I would I'll say bet it you it is. I'll bet you could get in real trouble for it. <laughs> I don't get it. crazy. Not, yeah, I'm not giving legal advice here. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, it's, from, oh, our, from our experience, and thanks for the call tonight, Jace. Uh, well, that's from, parents getting charged with child porn for taking pictures of their yes. children in the bathtub. It's crazy. And you know, they're playing with their, you know, they're playing with their, their bath toys, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's obviously not a sexual thing. But it is to the it is to the police that are doing the arresting. Yeah, apparently, it's, it's it's crazy. I mean, I've every time I've taken pictures of Jack, I've always made sure there's a strategically placed washcloth. Yeah. I mean, it's it, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding you. I'm scared you. of these people. I don't blame yeah. absolutely petrified. And it of used these to be they catch people by when they'd go to turn their film in for developing. Now that's right. With digital cameras. That's not the case. It's so a lot much, more but. difficult for for that for folks to be ca- to caught. But to answer his question, um, I think that it absolutely would be because we've seen story after story. Story where teenagers will take pictures of themselves doing something sexual and they will be convicted of being essentially their own child pornographers. Yeah. Like they are essentially they victimize themselves yeah. by taking <laughs> pictures of themselves. I mean, we 
we've seen these stories. So, yeah, I would say so. If you've got a collection of photos of yourself at age 12 uh, touching yourself or something like that, and you, uh, you distribute those, yeah, absolutely. You could be caught for child pornography. Whether you would be or not is another question, uh, but you could in theory, I think. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't advocate for your being caught. No, I, I think- can't imagine the money you would make on, <laughs> you know, regarding that, the distribution of those photos would be uh, worth the risk at right. all. I would think that a pedophile would want a child to actually be exploited, that it would be very, um, you know, it wouldn't be that great for them to just see pictures of somebody who were so, sort of old pictures just because they didn't feel mm. like they... No, I don't think that would be true, Mark. I mean, at least from our conversation with the, the pedophile that we had on the air a few years ago, I think it was back in 2006, we actually had a self-professed pedophile. You think this guy represents who, everybody? No, Look, the but fact somebody is, who po- posted his own podcast. The majority I mean, of sex was, is based on domination and submission. Sorry. I mean, the majority you know, of the, sex. Lots of people. The majority of women have a rape fantasy. That's what? just numbers I've heard. I don't know. I haven't gone around and taken um, lots what? of look. Take a look at porn. Most porn includes the guy being dominant over the it's woman. It's made by men, dude. Well, the, I'm only saying <laughs> that por- that sex tends to be about domination okay. and submission. So uh, you have not the fact that it's made by men does not disprove my thesis. And so uh, I would assume that guys that are pedof- uh, people that are pedophiles are probably all about dominating their uh, their their you know objects of affection it seems like a fair assumption mark i'm just telling you that's not what the experience has been from our one talking to one of guy them on the air. who was talking well, you don't about really how get great to talk to, to them very pedophile. often you don't get to talk agreed, to them very often, agreed okay so this guy we spent an hour and a half with so on the air so this is someone who who admitted it called in and he hosted he his own caught? podcast he hosted his own pedophile podcast Oh, my God. Yeah. And he called in and we, you know, talked about it in detail. And I thought what he said was very revealing into the mindset of somebody uh, who's like this. Now, you're right, Mark. Sure. Some people are going to be about domination. I'm not going to go out and say it's the majority. I'm not going to say that at all. And this guy would point out that, uh, you know, his definition of a pedophile was someone who loves children. He would say that he would never do something to, you know, actually aggress against a child. Obviously, most people would disagree with I wouldn't do anything to aggress against a child, uh, a woman either but that wouldn't change whether or not i would have some kind of fantasies about domination in the bedroom all i'm telling you is this guy said that he would be as aroused if not more so by pictures of children in a sears catalog wearing you know like the underwear section so in no way does it have to be a sexual photo that we're that we're talking about here because someone who is into children will already find it to be sexual it will be attractive to them the child in his underwear is enough for him he said that even if all child pornography was wiped off the face of the earth tomorrow it would do nothing uh to him because he would still have his attractions and he would still have ways to kind of find Mm. ways to feed into that Mm. and i just i just found that very interesting like who would think of that right i mean who would think that 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 would be the case, but it, it makes sense when when he said it. It made sense, right? Like yeah. he's a pedophile. He doesn't need to see your child naked to find him or her attractive. That's why they sit and watch at the park, right? Anyway, not that I would know. Although that I think that's that that's kind of a myth. I think that they sit of, at the, the park and watch that, kids. There are, that there are guys. Uh, that there are people you need to be scared of sitting at the park watching your kids because like uh, most cases where there's an actual aggression against a child, and I would call it aggression in, in most of these cases that there's when there's some kind of act uh, with a child. I mean, it's um, 
It's usually someone in the family or someone that there's the family no doubt. knows. Nine times out of ten. It's almost always. I mean, and so there's this whole notion of like, the, oh, no, there's a pedophile that lives down the street from us. Yeah. He is probably not a threat. Yeah, there's you, a uh, significantly you know, larger fear. chance that the pedophile down the street is trying to make a better life for himself yes, than, <laughs> than, um, than, than the fact that he's going to reoffend. Pedophiles, well, excuse me, sex offenders, uh, I'm, I'm conflating the two and that's not a very good idea. Sex offenders are less than half as likely to reoffend than, say, thieves. Yeah. Thieves are the most likely it's, to it's reoffend. It's another myth that there's a high recidivism rate with sexual offenders. It's not nearly as high as people think it is. That, One of the problems, though, is is that they call all kinds of offenses that aren't really sex offenses, sex offenses, yeah. like peeing in public or having sex. Consensual sex. Know, 19-year-old having sex with a 16-year-old yeah. or something like that. All these, these th- this situation where the teacher has sex with an 18-year-old well, student right. gets 30 years. All these people aren't sex offenders to the minds of most Americans. Most Americans want to kind of watch Watch out for somebody who's, you know, beat the crap out of a lady and knocked all her teeth out and then, then sodomized her. They want to know about that guy. There's no doubt that there's something aberrant about a pedophile, something sick. But what's really sick is that somebody who would like this 34-year-old cop who was having sex with a 16-year-old girl, that he would be called a pedophile. Because a lot of people will look at him and they'll, you're a pedophile. You look at it, pictures of 16-year-old girls. You're having sex with a 16-year-old girl. No. No. <laughs> no. A pedophile is someone who is interested in children. Children are not the same as teenagers. I know yeah. that, I don't understand why people want to just lump everybody Even who's legally, under the age of 21. Again, most, many states, it's 16 is the age of consent. And, yep. and so even legally, it's not pedophilia. You take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. You can also bring up anything you want. Hour number two is next, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. The 59th Annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida, is coming March 19th. See Porsche, Corvette, Ferrari, Jaguar, BMW, Mazda, Acura, Audi, and many other world-class racing teams battle in America's toughest road race as Sebring hosts the first race of the Intercontinental Le Mans Cup in 2011. Gates open Wednesday, March 16th. Order your tickets today by calling 800-626-RACE or visit SebringRaceway.com. See the cars and stars in the American Le Mans Series, driver autograph sessions, vintage race cars, and visit the Party Zone. Featuring our Spring Break Bikini Contest. Up and Coming Man, Selby, Jumpman, Alluvion, Selena Jordan, and DJ Scotty B. Presented by GoMobileWeb.com. Four days of family fun at Sebring and children club and under admitted free. Get all the info at SebringRaceway.com. The 59th Annual Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida. March 19th is the date. Sebring is the place. Order your tickets at SebringRaceway.com. Brought to you in part by Budweiser, Jaguar, and Michelin. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free. So head over there and enjoy those on us, and you can actually control the, the, the main page of the site. You can control the content that shows up there. You can vote on stuff that's already on the site. Vote it up, vote it down, whatever you like. Uh, you can also 
submit new things to the website so others can vote. And the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the website, and it changes over time as well. So go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com as we continue here with news from the uh, not the Agitator, but Radley Balco does host the Agitator blog at Reason. This is just an article for Reason.com talking about a police officer, 34-year-old man, who had sex with two teenage girls, one 16, the other 17. Uh, turns out that uh, that wasn't the problem. Fully legal to have sex with those uh, age of teenagers in the state of Indiana. But what was the problem, apparently, is that there were some photos involved. The teen girl at one point took photos of herself for her 34-year-old police boyfriend. And at one point there was a video taken, I guess, between the three of them or two of them or something like that. And uh, he got caught. And now he's going to be send, uh, spending the next 13 minimum years of his life, maybe 15, in a federal prison. And so we'll continue here. We'll give you some more details on that story. But first, your thoughts. Nick, listening in Illinois... Nick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Hello, Nick. Hello. Hey, go ahead with your thoughts. The last time this age of consent issue came up, I recall Frank from New York calling in with the suggestion that there should be an international age of consent. But I think the whole idea of an age of consent makes no sense because the moral criterion for whether or not having sex with someone is wrong has more to do with cognitive development and maturity than chronological age. Absolutely. If there is... If there is going to be any legal criterion for determining whether or not a rape occurred, it should at least be based on some kind of measure of cognitive development rather than a year count. I mean, don't, don't we have rules and tests for deciding whether or not someone is able to consent to something? I remember there was a story uh, about that guy. <laughs> Are you suggesting that the government give a license for sex? I see that this – I hear this uh, – the reason that I support an age of consent is because that the alternative is a murky, dangerous road. This idea what, the, the road of w- taking case-by-case basis and looking yeah, at the individuals absolutely. involved? If I meet a 25-year-old girl in a bar and then uh, she turns out to be a dum-dum and for whatever reason some judge s- decides, oh, well, she She's just not able to consent. Well, there are some some 25-year-olds that that could be mentally handicapped or something, and people could take advantage of them. What am I supposed to do about that? Well, but am I supposed a, to be, now I'm a psychiatrist? At the very least, I can I can, you know, demand to see somebody's driver's license. I'm not saying that this is the best alternative. I'm just saying that you know, that this leaves the door open for all kinds of activist judges that have a have an axe to grind when it comes to extramarital sex, throwing guys in prison too. I mean, this is this is not a solution, people. But the government laws are too mechanical. They're like programming rules. What's the purpose of judges then? I agree that uh, judges have had a great deal of power taken out of their hands, but I don't trust them either. I don't trust Me the neither, legislators. But... I don't trust the judges. Um, as far as I'm concerned, a, a minimum age makes it easier. I don't like the ages that they've picked. In many states, it's 18. In some states, it's 16. Um, I think that uh, I think that y- we all know that there are 15-year-olds out there having sex with each other, 14 and 15-year-olds having sex, f- 14 and 16-year-olds having sex. At what age? Are we willing to throw these people in jail? I think that they're, you know, if if it was left up to me, I'd I'd come up with a much different scale, and it would have to do with how old the you know the one person is versus the other person and things like that. I find it, I find that this just uh, age of consent that we have is is uh, is is a stricture, but I don't think that this whole let's let let's let let a judge to decide. uh, Nobody who proposed that you did. I did not propose that. Absolutely, I did not propose that. For what you say. The point is there needs to be a victim, and that means that either the person themselves, themselves, 
who feels they've been victimized or the or someone who is a, a caretaker for them like their parents most likely or should should be should step up and say I feel there's a victim in this case and then it should be easy to make that case if they are in fact very young well in this case that we read the first one this young lady who was in a high school student 18 years old has sex with her uh, teacher she feels like a victim because I know, her she, teacher she, she decided- can feel like it all she wants I'm saying there that the bare minimum there needs to be a victim who comes forward and says there's a problem here and and I think you know that that's to me is is instead of just having these these arbitrary lines parents okay. many time represent for the for their children and in most cases i mean if we're using what is uh you know what occurs these days the fact is parents uh, are are they're obligated for their children's actions in many ways and they're um, they, they represent their children in many ways so representing them in this case isn't weird but I, I say that i say an age of consent needs to be an age of consent well my counter argument against that is that when you have like hard line rules the, the problem with legislating something like that from the top down is yeah. that then the legislator has to think up every exception beforehand to prevent injustice, like sure. in this Agreed. more recent case, or also the case of that um, of when PETA, the, they were videotaping animal cruelty to expose it, and then they got charged with uh, uh, that law that was made against making animal, animal cruelty. cruelty videos. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with uh, with Dale and Nick on this one. I mean, clearly, if somebody's been victimized, it should be pretty clear to whoever the arbitrators are in that case, whether it be you know the, the jury or some sort of future arbitration, you know, professional arbitration panel, it should be pretty clear if that person's been victimized or not. It's never the case of whether it's clear. It's never the clear cases, my friend. It's the ones in the fringes. This case uh, here of the high school's uh, teacher having sex with the eighteen-year-old student. It's not the norm. What's clear to me, Mark, is that in there are so many cases where people are convicted of things like statutory rape with somebody under the age of 18 or 16 uh, where it was clearly a consensual act and those things those people are going to jail and that needs to stop and the age of consent needs to be abolished i think i think there's this notion of a of an age of consent that's certainly kind of a standard you know most people i, I think we kind of have a notion of someone being you know obviously right now age of consent tends to be around 16 and that doesn't seem like a terribly far cry from where it ought to be it you was know, 14 but, in Canada up until just recently, yeah. and actually, interestingly, Canada had a, as I recall, a drastically lower teen pregnancy rate than did the United States. Mm-hmm. So, and in fact, that's the same as uh, in Europe as well, where the age of consent is typically much lower than in the, than it is in the U.S. I yeah. think Spain. Well, it's also last their drinking age is lower too, and they don't have the drinking problems that America Absolutely. has. Absolutely, and, and kids, America has kids a learn huge... how to drink in Europe. Their parents they drink with their parents at the dinner table and things like that. America and they has... don't binge drink when they go to college. It's <laughs> absolutely true, and America has such a problem with teen pregnancy. Where I come from, they actually had a whole school for girls who are pregnant to go to. I mean, <laughs> there's a real problem with that. Nick, anything else you want to share tonight? Well. All I'll say is that uh, this is not the only, you know, murky area where where it's not appropriate to have an arbitrary line. I mean, I'm sure there are cases where it becomes murky whether or not something as usually clear-cut as murder is being committed. Nick, thanks so, for the call tonight. I appreciate so. hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves. So what we're talking about is a 34-year-old cop and his teenage girlfriend's uh, photos – Got him put in a jail cell, but the sex didn't. 
And that's what uh, Radley Balco is talking about here at Reason.com, where the judge was not permitted to consider any mitigating factors. There was no evidence that uh, the police officer abused his position to lure the two women into sex. His crime was producing, for his own use, explicit images of two physically mature women with whom he was having legal sex. Uh, Both women also could have legally married Reinhardt without their parents' consent, although it's unclear whether federal law would have permitted a prosecution of Reinhardt for photographing his own wife. So again, to answer, yeah, I answer your question earlier. I don't see that there's any exceptions for that. I, I, I can't imagine that they think of that. He says it's unclear, it's, so no, who knows? Uh, that doesn't mean they won't try try you for it, right? Just even even if it's legal, that doesn't mean you won't end up going to court and attempting to defend yourself on it and going to jail and then maybe appealing and winning years down the line. Uh, Mary Price, the general counsel for the Criminal Justice Reform Group Families Against Mandatory Minimum, says you can certainly conceive of acts producing actual child pornography, the kind that does real harm to children, for which a 15-year sentence would be it would be appropriate, she said. But this is a single-factor trigger, so it gets applied in cases like this one, where the sentence doesn't really fit the culpability Child pornography, in my opinion, is where you force children to do things, you know, on camera that they don't want to do. That's what people imagine when they think of child pornography. Not teenage girls consensually choosing to take photos of themselves, offering for their boyfriend to take photos of themselves. 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at (laughs) FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go, and the features there are free. So enjoy those on us. We've got stuff like the Shrine of Female listeners there with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photos or video showing that they are a listener of this program Go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see that for yourself. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Imagine opening your front door and coming face-to-face with your identity thief, the criminal who wasn't content to steal from your bank accounts and use your credit cards. This guy was knows where, you're, where you live, and he's stalking you at your house and watching your family. That's what Fox News reported on about one woman. Fortunately, she had advanced warning from LifeLock. She said without LifeLock, she wouldn't have known that the thieves were coming and added LifeLock services are legit. They do what they say. And it's worth it. I don't want to I don't want you to suffer from the personal and financial uh, firestorm that identity theft brings. Protect yourself and your family with the same identity theft program that I use. It's LifeLock. Join me in protecting those you love and the things that you've worked so hard for from the ravages of identity theft. I need you to call now because uh, I was able to get you a 60-day bonus uh, for, of LifeLock protection. It's a 60-day bonus. Um, all you have to do is, uh, is, is call this number, 800-242-2693. Again, it's 800-242-2693. 
800-242-2693. All right, we continue here uh, talking to Kevin, listening to WXNT in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Hey. Uh, been trying to get through for about three three days. I really? wanted to get in when the governor was on, but I had three ideas as far as uh, what we need to do immediately with the economy, and three of them are whether revenue streaming, et cetera. The first thing is, uh, and if I can get my thoughts out and then you guys you know, comment. Then we'll beat you up. Go ahead. We'll do our best. Sure. The first would be we need to raise tariffs on goods coming into the country, and along with the fact that when you were talking about legalizing marijuana, uh, for the you know the pro- prohibition doesn't work, but that's a revenue stream there we're getting killed right on right now, and also the maritime industry is getting killed. They're only doing about three percent of the goods coming in the country. That should be around thirty percent. And the third item. Wait, 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 hold on. What was the second one? There was raised tariffs, and then what was the second one? Well, raised tariffs, and then the maritime industry is is just getting slammed. They're only doing three percent of the business. But what's your proposal there? I mean, you're just making an observation. What's the proposal? Uh, well, it needs to be around 30 percent for for the economy to really work and for it to be a fair trade off. And what you would have to do is just, you know, basically the government I'm, or the industry has to say, look, if, if if companies want to do business with us, we need to go get the product and bring it in here. But then the the third item is something Obama can do, and that's re, at least the reserves. We need to we need to get away from oil anyway. So let's start pumping all the oil we can, uh, get rid of the reserves, and start re- and flooding the market. And you know, it's a speculation of market anyway. We need to fight fire with fire and get the co- get the gas price down. I'll take number three. Um, I'm definitely for that. Number two, I still don't quite understand what you're proposing there. Oh, okay. Um, number you know, one, you need to build more ships. You need to have the maritime industry. We used to be at thirty percent of all goods coming into the country. Who's going to build brought the boats? In by our ships. Who's going to build the boats? We will. Who's we? We will build them here. I build so my boats. Heard. I've never built a boat before. I can't oh, help no. you. Well, the, no, the so who is we? New York. That's how Steinbrenner made his money with ships. Well, wait a minute. So, so where do you want companies to build boats? We want to build them on the East Coast. I want put... companies to build boats if, if, they, if they're going to make money building Hold boats, Hold on. Too. Are you saying that, the, that there's nobody sh- shipping things freight over the ocean now? Or are you saying that it's only 3% is American boats? I'm a little confused. That's American, American Maritime is only t- bringing in 3%. It's, it's just a travesty. So wait a minute. So let me see if, I'm, if I can understand what you're saying. You're saying that, oh, that ships that are made in America or American companies are bringing in 3% of goods to only this country? 3% of the total worldwide business coming to the United States is coming. Why do you think that is? Is that because they just can't compete for some reason? Why is that? Unfair competition. Like Japan takes their tax dollars and subsidizes their their vessels and undercuts our price. That's now so I understand. Wrong. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I get it. I know that it's it seems really unfair when other countries will subsidize a particular industry and then it it it, it hits our it, it hits them on the the chin. You know, com- companies that have uh, workers here in the United States. I don't think the solution to that is tax dollars. I think that the solution to that is allowing free people to compete freely. I understand it's going to be difficult for them, but I trust American innovation far more than I trust American politicians. Um, you know, I mean, they, they've yeah. just shown time and time again that they'll screw this up. 
As far as tariffs go, tariffs were the way that the founding fathers saw to raise revenue for the uh, the federal government. I think that they have some legitimacy in in that manner. That uh, you know, this was this is what the people who wrote the rules rule books imagine things um, going like. It's stealing, though, Mark. However, um, essentially, what that is is saying let's put taxes on other folks. Um, I you know, it's the same as let's tax the rich, tax the rich people, let's tax the black people, let's tax the smokers, let's tax whomever. The taxation goes on people. The free people, free Americans, free people, citizens of other countries that wish to trade with each other. And let's say, oh, well, let's just tax them because it's not me. And the idea is, is that, uh, you know, somehow uh, your the, the business of an American is more legitimate than the business of somebody from, a, uh, you know, some other country. And when I'm doing business with somebody from, say, Quebec, which is much closer to me than somebody in San Diego, I, I don't see the difference there. Well, the thing is, they're unfairly dealing with us. It's a way for no, us. No, to no, no, they I'm aren't. No, no, it's not they and us. us. Okay, it's not You're they mean? and us. It is not they and us. Um, it oh, is, the Chinese are killing us. Aren't no, no, they, they are not numbers. killing us. They are providing us with n- nice, cheap plastic goods that you can buy at Walmart if you choose to. You, what you're saying is that I'm an American and I'm flying this flag. When I'll tell you what, those politicians don't care whether you're American or nothing. All they care about is the money that goes into their pockets. It's not about America versus other countries. It's about the politicians versus you. Every time they write well, these rules, they're going to figure though, out how to how to suck the money out of you because they're the one you're the one that they can go after. Ah, uh, but if only he could write the rules, Mark, and, and then it, everything would be right. And we all, we end up sharing all of these taxes. The tariff is still a tax on on American people because it's still raising the prices of goods that they yep. might like to buy, and and so it's a, it's still a tax on them. And and the idea is that it's going to somehow help us economically, but this never really works out. Uh, there, now I would be open-minded to the to looking into what might be causing it harder for people to make ships for businesses to make ships is it what are they doing what can we do to loosen it up so that so, so that companies can so that new companies can start up and so the companies that are in existence can, can like build ships without, yeah we can do things to make it easier for them to compete without you know I'm, I'm all for that i'm not for subsidizing them so yeah uh, kevin i think the basic message you're getting here is try freedom instead instead of trying to come up with new rules and how to control people and how to do this and that at some sort of national federal government uh level how about just letting people live their lives as free people and let the chips fall where they may well i appreciate what you're saying but the thing is what i'm also when you do the tariffs what that helps to do is it, it drives people from manufacturing products here in the united states instead well, of shipping it overseas I, I, agreed but the the, United, the fact is the united states the, the, the politicians that you're hoping will do this for you in fact drove the jobs out in the first place yeah. so you're really right, looking the taxation you're looking the for the wolves to solve the problems um, of us okay. sheep and besides it's not freedom anyway kevin uh, tariffs that's taxes and that's extortion and thank you for the call tonight i should be able to do business with whoever i want wherever they were born wherever they live it's free talk live You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there free. We've got news updates. You get signed up. Keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. And get on the list there. Uh, you can sign up for our emailed updates or follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Go to news.freetalklive.com. Ruger has some exciting new offerings this model year. One of them is the LC9. It's a new, slightly larger cousin to the very popular LCP. It's compact. It has uh, numerous safety features, uh, three-dot uh, sight system, and Ruger has always um, and always has always has and always will mean rugged. The Ruger LC9, the next handgun that you must own. Make made in America for you. Ruger.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, you can bring up anything you want. We'll get back into this issue here of the, the police officer having sex and taking photos uh, with some teenage girls. Uh, photos were what got him in trouble with the law, not the sex. Uh, so we can get back into that in, in a moment. But uh, just, just a few more thoughts on Kevin's call from uh, WXNT listening in Indy, uh, talking about how he thought there were three things that should be done to really fix things. you got to raise tariffs. we got to fix the maritime industry and uh, pump up the, uh, the oil reserves. And, Mark, you said you agreed with the third one. And I think that in the absence of having a federal government, which would be nice, uh, that's something I'd like to uh, to move toward, uh, then that could be possible, right? Because it's the federal government, for the most part, that's kind of locking off those oil reserves and preventing people from drilling uh, for new new sources here in this country. Is that correct? That's correct. So getting rid of the federal government, that would solve the third one. Uh, getting the government out of regulating business and allowing people to do business without having to beg government bureaucrats' permission to build a ship, for instance, without having to get some sort of uh, governmental permit would be a nice step towards solving his problem with the maritime industry. Whether that means people – whether ships can be built in America will mean people will continue to use American shipping services is another question. I think that as a company, as a business owner, I should be allowed to use whatever shipping service can provide me with the best service for the best price. I don't care if they're shipping out of Greece. I don't care if they're shipping out of Australia. I don't care if they're shipping out of Korea. Whoever's offering me the best uh, freight services – that's who I want to go with. Yeah, whether it's the best price or the best service or what it is that you want. I want the regulations to be out of the way so we can actually see what the, the free marketplace right. will bring us in shipping. And if can, and if Japan wants to be subsidizing their shipping companies, okay, whatever. I mean, it doesn't mean I, I, I shouldn't be able to – that doesn't mean that I should be taxed or that there should be regulations that, on that's my That's a industry. problem for their – for whoever they're taxed. Right. It's Absolutely. an untenable situation, too, by the way. Um, you know, I understand that in the short term, it can be an arduous thing on a particular industry. But in the long term, they just can't maintain it. The fact is, Americans can innovate significantly better than its politicians could legislate. Right. And the final one or the first one was raise tariffs and Please, we don't need to be calling for more control, more taxes. That's not the direction that uh, that anybody should be going in. It's certainly not going to solve any problems, and it'll only make things business more difficult to do here. I, I think it. Well, I'm trying to remember who the author was, I, who made a very good case for how any kind of tariff or tax on trade is is always bad for consumers. Absolutely, like it, whether it's in or out, um, or in, internally. 
Well, the, the idea is, the concept behind this is generally that, well, if we make these laws to encourage people to do business in America, it'll be better for our economy. Uh, but you're right. It's bad because that you, t- adding tariffs to products that come in from, say, China um, makes it worse for our economy because people want cheap products. They want to pay as little as possible right. for the they quality they're looking for. more money left over to buy more things. Um, Correct. The fact is there are Americans employed in shipping those products. Uh, there are Americans employed in unloading those products. There are Americans right. employed in driving those products. And the suggestion that you want to tariff, uh, you know, put tariffs on those products and prevent them from coming in or uh, you know, deter them from coming in, just says that you don't care about those Americans' jobs. That's right. I understand manufacturing is important. The fact is the United States government, all of its regulations that it places on manufacturing have driven a big fat stake right through the heart of manufacturing. If you think that those same politicians that have done that are somehow going to make it rise from the grave, mm. you're wrong. Yeah, the only you got to take the stake out of these people's hands. Yeah, that's right. The only way the, that it will rise from the grave is if, if it is allowed to do so by deregulating and, and freeing that industry and, and not forcing these OSHA regulations down their throat or, or whatever other um, mandatory things. That the, who knows? I can't even imagine uh, the amount of difficulty that one would have to open up a manufacturing company. I mean, it's crazy enough just try to get a radio station opened up, and that's that's pretty darn simple operation. Even a small business these days, I mean, where you have uh, almost no employees, you know, just a startup business, it's you know, this it's it's scary, you know, absolutely the, the, the filing requirements and the business licenses and. You know, uh, I think someone needs to try to do it before they suggest any kind of adding any kind of regulations to, Great to point. business. Just so they'll know what it's like to be in their shoes. Yeah. I mean, and I, there was a case, uh, there was some, uh, there was a politician in California, I believe, and I wish I could remember the name, but he, he was a politician in California and he came out of politics and start, tried to go into business for himself. And he said the experience made him look back on his political career in such a different way that, you know, in terms of not having any idea how how incredibly tedious and miserable it was. Right. They're to just try trying to, to keep us safe, Dale. <laughs> They're just trying to create a better country with all their little rules. So, Reason.com, changing gears back to the uh, discussion we've been having throughout the night uh, about uh, child pornography laws, uh, in this case, teenage girls taking pictures of themselves for a police officer, 34-year-old police officer. He happened to be their boyfriend. Uh, they took pictures of themselves naked, doing whatever sexy things they were doing, and uh, he got thrown in a federal prison cell because of this, because of consensually taken photos by girls who are old enough to know how to operate the camera and old enough to know what they were doing. Uh, this man is going to jail for 15 years, federal uh, medium security prison. In his sentencing statement, the judge in this case urged executive clemency for Reinhardt, meaning the president would uh, give him you know, pardon, basically. Uh, he points out that under federal law, Reinhardt received the same sentence. You know, this it's, it seems so silly. This is the uh, the buck passing. This judge could have done whatever he wanted to. Now, I understand that the law um, you know, makes it so he has to do whatever, whatever. But he could just go ahead and say, yeah, I'll case give, dismissed. Yeah, I, you know, he could he could have done whatever he wanted to do on this. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have the guts. Nope. He wants yeah, he the claims- president. He wants to find the guy guilty and then find, have the president pardon him. Typical. He he claims he had his hands tied. But you're absolutely right. Judges have incredible amounts of power, and this man could have very easily have said case dismissed. 
yeah, and it would have been what's done. the punishment to, for a judge choosing not to to uh, sentence within the guidelines or I, I think there's something more than guidelines the mandatory sentencing guidelines good question what uh, is the punishment there isn't one I'm sure I bet you're right about that maybe get a verbal uh, lashing or something like that uh, anyway in his sentencing statement he urges the clemency he says that uh, the same sentence would have been given to someone who had hijacked an airplane or a second degree murderer would receive yep. or a bank robber to get Reinhardt sentenced yep. Hamilton writes he would need to fire a gun, inflict serious bodily injury on a victim, physically restrain another victim, and get away with a stunning total of $2.5 million in order to uh, to eclipse or get the same level of uh, sentence. You might also compare Reinhardt's punishment to the treatment of given former Elkhart, Indiana police officer William Lee. Lee, who had a history of inappropriately touching women while on the job, was recently fired for using the threat of an arrest warrant to coerce a woman into having sex with him, and he was never criminally charged. Hamilton is not the first federal judge to express frustration over federal child porn sentencing laws. In May of 2010, the New York Times profiled U.S. District Court Judge Jack Weinstein, who after 43 years on the bench has essentially gone rogue, throwing twice, uh, twice throwing out convictions of a man convicted of receiving child pornography because of the five-year mandatory minimum sentence attached to the offense. Weinstein has also indicated that in all future child porn cases, he will disregard the federal rules of criminal procedure and inform his juries of the sentences defendants will get if convicted. So there you go, Mark. There is an example of a federal judge who's basically throwing caution to the wind and saying, screw it, I'm going to do uh, what is right in these cases. You know, judges, they can get away with it. They can get away with it. And the I, you know, I don't. Uh, this judge just has no uh, no backbone. That's where right. he says, you know, Typical. the president should, the, uh, my hands are tied. The president should pardon him. That's disgusting. I mean, you had, he had the power in his hands if he wanted it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Your thoughts on this uh, icky issue of uh, child pornography or whatever you want. It's free talk live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you'd like, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, and we give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's uh, freetalklive.com. Go there and enjoy the site, and if you like the fact that we give you the website for free, then maybe you want to... I don't know, shop with us, for instance, like you can through shop.freetalklive.com, where you'll find affiliate links for Amazon, different countries' Amazon, actually. You go and click the right Amazon for you and then start your shopping experience and check out and feel good because a portion of your sale will go to Free Talk Live. When you start your shopping at Amazon through shop.freetalklive.com, as we continue here with the story from Reason.com, about a 34-year-old cop going to jail for 15 years, 13 to 15 years in federal prison because he had pictures of his girlfriends who were ages 16 and 17 in Indiana. It was legal. It was fully legal for him to be having sex with those uh, teenage girls, but not so much to have a photo of them, or in this case, more than one. And so in a two th- they're talking about how these federal judges, some of them are maybe a little more – well, one of them at least is a little more courageous than the rest. This judge in the case 
made the claim that he his hands were tied by mandatory minimum sentences, but yet there's a different judge out there, U.S. District Court Judge Jack Weinstein, who, as uh, Balco points out, has gone rogue and has thrown out twice convictions of a man convicted of receiving child porn because of the five-year mandatory minimum sentence. So this guy might have had, like, real child porn with actual children in it instead of just teenage girls or whatever. He just threw out the sentence entirely, threw out the case entirely, because he couldn't see that it was right to sentence this guy to a mandatory minimum of five years. He said, this is wrong. I can't do there, this. There are so many weird instances of this child porn, the, the way this child porn law is used. Um, I've heard of uh, instances where, you know, somebody's got porn on their computer. Um, you know, it gets downloaded or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They download it or whatever. And they can't prove the age of the girl in the picture. Right. They didn't get the records the, the, to prove that. The cops say this is a 16-year-old. Because we say so. Right. They, they've got no proof that it's, in fact, a 16-year-old. And, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with that on top of a whole bunch of other charges, what do you do? So Reinhardt was uh, convicted, the of uh, the cop in this case, of producing child pornography. But in cases where a suspect is charged with receiving child pornography, prosecutors need not even show intent. The mere presence of the images on the defendant's computer is enough to win a conviction. And each image can be a separate count. So the sentences can add up pretty quickly, according to, uh, the, I guess this is one of the attorneys. Uh, and with a video, each frame can count as a separate image. So if you accidentally or unknowingly download a video that's later discovered on your computer, you could be looking at a really long sentence. In a 2010 survey by the U.S. Sentencing Commission, 71% of the 585 federal judges who responded thought that the five-year mandatory minimum for receiving child pornography was too harsh. Just 2% thought it was too lenient. Only the mandatory minimum for crack cocaine, which has since been reduced, met with wider disapproval. So overall, these judges are even saying that uh, this is this is too much. Stop this. But yet they continue to, be, uh, to play their role in making these things happen. Right. The legislators, they get to, I'm tough on crime yep. you know they get to, to, to blow that trumpet and uh, you know what they're tough on is your tax dollars we see this happen so often where members of the government will like you said earlier pass the buck where they just they won't take responsibility for their role in doing this and they won't do anything to step outside of the lines that have been drawn for them but as you say mark what's the what's the punishment for them if they do this rogue judge hasn't been thrown off the bench yet he's been promoted uh, so what's what's going to happen to them if they say, well, no more, I'm not going to participate in this mandatory minimum. I can waive the rules and I'm going to waive the rules and I'm going to say, you know, case dismissed on this nonsense. Uh, it could actually have been worse for Reinhardt, the cop. Under federal law, he could have faced up to 25 years in prison. In exchange for a guilty plea, prosecutors agreed to seek only the minimum sentence. Unfortunately for him, that plea agreement also prevents him from challenging his conviction or his sentence. Yeah, well, you know, you scare the crap out of a guy, he's liable to take your plea. Um, You know, I don't... (sighs) I don't know. I mean, it's. I understand why some people would not think that this is very, uh, you know, professional behavior for a law enforcement officer. I tend to feel the same way, but uh, you know, I mean, I so I see- fire him. Okay, yep. problem solved. His only hope for early release is executive clemency. Given the clemency records of the last two administrations, that doesn't seem likely. Reinhardt's case also illustrates the advantages of federalism. Traditionally. Criminal law has been left to the states. Age of consent is a particular, uh, in particular, is an issue that's best decided at the state or local level where lawmakers can set boundaries that reflect local values. The 1984 federal law that Reinhardt was charged with breaking, which raised the federal age of consent for explicit images from 16 to 18, was passed under the authority of the Commerce Clause. 
just curious if if a picture was taken um, of a 16 year old before 1984, is that grandfathered in? <laughs> I don't know. It'd be silly if it was. It was passed under the authority of the Commerce Clause. According to the prevailing interpretation of the clause, the federal government has a legitimate interest in regulating the interstate sale and distribution of child pornography to prohibit, excuse me, to pre- uh, prevent the exploitation of children. But the women that Reinhardt photographed were not children. Under Indiana law, they were adults. And furthermore, he was not. Uh, not only was not a producer of actual child pornography, he was not even a consumer. His decision to photograph and upload to his computer photos and video of the two women had no effect whatsoever on the interstate market for child pornography. So his point being there, that even by the Fed's own standards, his pictures never crossed state lines. Yeah, The I girls just, took the pictures, it, he put them on his computer. It didn't make any sense for me that this was a federal crime uh, to begin with. You could argue that it makes sense to have a higher age of consent for sexually explicit photos than for sexual activity because photos can be preserved or distributed. And that means one bad decision can cause lasting harm, something a 16 or 17-year-old disoriented by love or passion may not be mature enough to consider. But as Hamilton, the judge, points out in his sentencing statement, there's no indication that Congress had this rationale in mind when it raised uh, raised the age of consent in 1984. Instead, the congressional record indicates the reason for the change was that prosecutors usually aren't able to track down the women depicted in explicit photos to verify their ages. With a cutoff at 16, prosecutors were having problems winning convictions if the girls were depicted in the images showing uh, showed any signs of puberty. Raising the age to 18, a House committee reported, would facilitate the prosecution of child pornography cases and raise the effective age of protection of children from these practices, probably not to 18 years of age, but perhaps to 16. And uh, there's more here from Reason.com. In Reidhart's case, however, there is no question about the age or identity of the victims. So why did the assistant U.S. attorney, who's won awards for his efforts to break up actual child pornography rings, decide to turn Reinhardt's questionable judgment into a felony, uh, federal felony? According to Stacy, Eric's sister, she said it seemed like it was all going to be sorted out locally. They had a deal worked out where they were going to charge Eric with some sort of misconduct and he would do time in the local jail away from other inmates. Police officers don't tend to do very well in prison, but then the FBI got involved and Mm. no one really knows why. I can only guess it was because Eric was a police officer when all this happened and maybe thought uh, maybe they thought that's what, you know, that that uh, that made what he did worse. But he had a good record and they never put on any evidence that he had abused his position. Now, in this case, the assistant U.S. attorney didn't return Balco's call requesting comment. But the fact that a federal prosecutor would pursue a case like this demonstrates the problem of taking sentencing discretion away from judges. It's true that technically Reinhardt violated federal law, but no reasonable person would call him a child pornographer. And it seems unlikely that Congress was thinking of people like him when they raised the federal age of consent for sexually explicit images. Putting him away for 15 years hardly feels like justice. You know, um, as many uh, as many articles as Radley Balco writes that uh, some people would call anti-cop, it seems to me he's uh, he's rushing to the age of this uh, aid of this guy, and because he didn't hurt anybody. That, that's and that's what it's all about. This is about principle, people. It's not about whether or not uh, Radley Balco likes or dislikes police officers. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. Do you think that there's that it's okay what happened to this cop? That this 34-year-old man is going to jail for 15 years. He's going to be 50 years old when he gets out of jail. Federal this, prison, right? Yeah, federal, um, not even minimum security. He's in medium security prison. Uh, that this man would go to jail 
for having photos of his 17-year-old girlfriend or 16-year-old girlfriend. Do you really believe that that should be the case? Are you out there listening to this? 800-259-9231. I'd love to hear from you because I agree with Balco. Anybody reasonable looking at this case could should clearly say, and the judge in this case saw it, is that this guy shouldn't be going to jail. He still didn't have what it took to do no, something about it. of course it. not. Like, uh, you know, courage. So your thoughts are certainly welcome. 800-259-9231. I mean, Dale, this is it's just outrageous, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> So uh, is anything going to change anytime soon about this? I, I would hope so. I think we went through a phase. This is a relatively recent phase where people have gotten like a little bit nuts over the top about p- child molestation issues. Like, like there's a phase we've gone through, and I hopefully it is a phase, and we're going to kind of snap out of it and come to a more reasonable approach to this. Maybe you're right, because you're right. Now we've got the digital cameras out there that make circumstances like this all the more possible. These things used to be much more difficult to uh, happen 30 years ago when cameras cost a lot more and now you've got digital cameras. You can take as many pictures as you want. Kids have them in their cell phones. More coming up here. Hour 3 is next. You take it. It's the shirt you wear most. An essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt. And for over half a century, the Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more. But we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today and you'll also receive free monogramming and 850 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We bring you the features there totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Dale. And Mark. Dale's here, by the way, uh, courtesy of his radio show, FlamingFreedom.com. You can go and you can uh, listen to Prometheus Unchained, which is the name of the show, FlamingFreedom.com. You guys uh, do it once a week. You podcast it. You do it live as well. All the details, full podcast available, all free. Yes. At FlamingFreedom.com. What is Flaming Freedom? Or uh, Prometheus Unchained. Prometheus Unchained. uh, We talk about about LGBT issues from a liberty perspective. Yeah, and how's the show been going now? How many it's weeks great. have you been doing it? Uh, I think we've done eight shows, two eight weeks of shows, and uh, it's going really well. And um, you're seeing some growth. Too, we, we're seeing rapid growth. Um, it's it's still not you know st- like the number of listeners is still uh, small. We're not on any uh, any official radio stations or anything right now. We're just on Liberty Radio Network and for download. Mm-hmm. But the downloads have been jumping up very rapidly, and the number of people listening live on LRN has gone up quite dramatically. Cool. 
I'll tell you, those uh, those podcast listeners are a very valuable segment. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're loyal listeners. So drop on by uh, Dale's website when you get a chance. Flamingfreedom.com. As we continue here, uh, we'll take your phone calls about anything. Uh, Stephanie is on the line. She's actually one of your occasional co-hosts on your program. Oh yeah, uh, and also on here on Free Talk Live on Sundays as well. Stephanie, uh, welcome to Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey. Um, I was calling because. Uh, well, I was kind of calling for Mark tonight. Um, Mark, I've heard you say on the show before that uh, you want Agorist Ventures to succeed, but you really haven't heard, uh, seen any actual uh, movement on that front. What is an Agorist Venture? Um, I would say it's a business that operates outside of uh, the government system, so absent of licensing and uh, regulations, and you know, some call it uh, counter economics or you know maybe black market or gray market activities. Some would say, and I, I'm just going to take the role of the devil's advocate here, uh, Stephanie. The the purest agorist would say that uh, you're incorrect. That agorism only is agorism when it's done specifically for the purpose of taking down the state. That the that otherwise it's just counter-economic or black market? Yeah, I've, I've heard that argument, too, and I don't know. I mean, there are some people who say that um, if you're doing something specifically for the purpose of taking down the state, then you're letting the state dictate your activities, mm. basically. Interesting and response. And ignore it and live like it doesn't exist. I, I agree with you. I agree that I think that agorism is defined as something that is completely done without the asking, begging permission from government bureaucrats. So I, I agree with you. Anyway, go ahead with your point uh, that you were going to make on it. Um, well, you know, I've heard this sentiment not just from Mark, but from other people that, you know, uh, there's been like a lot of small time things, but there's never really been anything major. And just today, there's been an opportunity that's come up that I think could have the potential to um, kind of increase the the stakes, I guess, for agorism in New Hampshire. And the, the, there's there is somebody who has like stepped up and pledged a bunch of um, money and other capital. Um, this person owns a print business, and so is is pledging some sponsorships to market agorist businesses, specifically at Porkfest, which is going to be happening this summer. Are, are you sure that that's because I was a little skeptical of that of what I saw, but you feel confident that that's a val of that's for real? Yeah, this this person who's pledging it, I've I've known this person for almost okay. a decade. Okay. So I'm, I, he is for real. What is the proposal? Um, I'd heard that this guy's got like twenty thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars that he wants to put up if people will make products and put his name on them. I mean, what what is the actual proposal? Maybe I've misunderstood it. Um, there's a blog post about it. Um, it's $25,000, so it's about the, the same amount you mentioned. And I think if you Google search just Porkfest marketing sponsorship, it'll come up as the first hit. And so you can read all about it. Um, but basically, yeah, he's pledging um, print materials from his business. And also, um, I, I think I think there's cash involved, too. Um, so you can, just, you can just Google search Pork, Porkfest marketing sponsorship and read about it. Hmm. Okay, so uh, so what you're suggesting here is this guy is going to offer money for people to do – I mean, can, can you kind of summarize it? Have you read about it? Yeah, I have. I mean, it's uh, – I think it's it's kind of an investment opportunity, but he wants to basically help people start a businesses and help them get on their own and, and sort of get into that world of entrepreneurship. And since Porkfest is such a great place to – to do that, um, I think he's he's focusing specifically on Porkfest, and it's not limited to businesses. It's also, you know, if people have organizations they want to promote, 
anything that kind of gets the cause of liberty out there, um, he's going to be sponsoring those as well. Interesting. I see his website is 2abd.com. That's the number 2abd.com. So, now, yeah. uh, specific, specifically what I've said, uh, Stephanie, I'm using the most narrow definition of agorism when I talk about it. What I'm really talking about is people that are, in fact, competing with the state. People that are doing things like filling potholes, uh, fe- people that are offering uh, you know, other sorts of arbitrative uh, services, people that are doing those kind of things. I think this is fine. I, think, I, hope that, I hope that he gets a great return for his money and gets what he wants um, going. I, I just... Agorism as a solution to the problems that we have, I think that it's a it's it's a fine thing to do to not rely on the state for stuff. But the idea that uh, growing your own uh, garden and uh, sending your kid to a private school and uh, you know buying from your friends in gold and silver is actually going to do anything to uh, to undermine the state, I find to be you know I, I just don't find that to be a revolutionary uh, thought process. I think, though, Mark... Oh, I, I kind of disagree. I mean, especially on the part that you said, Mark, about uh, homeschooling or, or unschooling even. I think that has the capacity to be extremely revolutionary. Well, I think that, I think that of- you'll teach your kid properly, but you could probably do that while they went to pr- uh, public school, too. Not as effectively. It's, I think we're, getting, we're approaching a stage, though, know. where the regulation and taxes are getting so burdensome and so cumbersome that it's going to become almost a necessity at, at some point for survival for people to engage in agorism. Yeah, it's, so it's, I do think it's going to become broader. I, I think that agorism is good for yourself, you know, like to, to be able to yeah. uh, create business. from This is basically, you know, businesses where you don't report to the government on funds and stuff like that for yourself. But it's kind of like a, a beaver chewing on the end of a, uh, of, of a you know, redwood tree. And then the guy with the chainsaw cuts it down. The beaver yips up and cheers. The fact is the, the state will fall of its own weight. They all do. Every last one of them has fallen of their own weight. So, uh, you know, I, it, it's to me, it's non-revolutionary, I think, is the best term I can come up with. Yeah, well, I mean, some people include in the definition of agorism or agorism, however you pronounce it, that it, it is um, it is a revolutionary thing. So, like, the point is kind of to create a revolution. So, I, I don't know. I mean, I hope they can uh, they can prove you wrong, Mark. <laughs> I, I, I guess. Okay. <laughs> These, these same folks uh, spend busy themselves not voting, so you know. Okay, I mean, I think everybody should work together. I'm happy to buy haircuts and uh, and food from folks that are doing agorist stuff, but uh, you know, the, the same folks, uh, you know, have a moral principle against uh, participating in the political process. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it. I Many, don't know if all of them have that uh, same feeling. You're right. Not all of them. You're some right. people in po- on, in politics have uh, problems with uh, things like agorism or whatever. So it just all depends. Hey, Steph, thanks for the call yeah. tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And I, but I agree with Mark. I think most people should uh, should work together, and I think most people do. So I don't really think it's an issue. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can uh, take control of the airwaves. Let's continue with Rob listening in Canada. Rob, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Today? I had, yeah, I had a question. I'm talking about Pork Fest, but I had a question about uh, Mama Allie. Did that uh, little conflict between her and her dogs and, and some, some another couple ever get sorted out? Um, you're talking about a situation that, that developed at the last Pork Fest uh, with one of the vendors who was up there. Um, no, I, that never was worked out. I attempted to bring the parties together for a discussion on the air, and uh, some parties 
uh, didn't were not interested in that. So. I, I disagree with that. Um, uh, you know, the the fact is that you you gave them two days and they just couldn't work out those two days. Well, when one day their cat dies, the second day the guy's got his first day of school. He couldn't take it away. If you would have waited no, that's, one more that's day, not I understand. She had agreed to come on and then she, she backed I, out. I understand his girlfriend. It's stage fright, man. It's radio. It's tough to do that oh, stuff. That wasn't you know, the reason she backed. Some, out. Some, yes, it was. Some quick advice from Mama Allie. Well, don't hold that bring, thought. We'll don't come back bring in a the moment dog. here. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever you want. Uh, the problem with that issue, and we can dig into it in a moment, was the conflict wasn't resolved then and there. It's Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nesquik. Try Nesquik 4-Packs, perfect for lunches and great for kids on the go. Look for it in the juice aisle. Snack time is a great chance to sneak extra calcium into your child's diet without making him feel like he's eating something he doesn't want. Serve up dairy-rich foods like smoothies, flavored milk, frozen yogurt, and string cheese. He'll love the treat, and you'll love knowing how good it is for him. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. Unless you wanted to talk to Dale, he had to uh, take off early tonight, unfortunately. He's got other uh, things that he had uh, to do. But you can still visit him at uh, flamingfreedom.com. Our number here, 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And we're going to tell you about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. In fact, we've got uh, Rob on the line in Canada who wanted to talk about it. But to give you a a lowdown, Mark, what is the Porcupine Freedom Festival? It's the biggest freedom-themed event of 2011. It's this summer from June 20th through the 26th. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival is something for everybody this year. You can be part of it from live music to games to vendors. You won't find anywhere else. Porkfest has got it all. You just go to POC. FEST.com. It's P O R C F E S T.com. Porkfest. All right. Porkfest.com. And use our discount code as well, Free Talk Live, to save 20% and take out the spaces from Free Talk Live. Just run it together as one word. Use that as your discount code and save uh, 20% on your Porkfest early bird registration at P O R C F E S T.com. As we bring back Rob in Canada, who unfortunately has dredged up some old, old uh, Porkfest drama. Uh, at this point, between uh, Mama Alley, one of the agorist vendors, uh, food vendors at Porkfest last year, and a couple of other of the attendees, uh, which kind of bubbled up here on Free Talk Live, as I, I think, made the unfortunate decision to get involved in it, uh, probably you know upset some parties as a result of that. I was honestly just trying to bring the parties together in hopes that they could forgive each other and apologize to one another, and uh, the parties did not want to. Uh, uh, well. One side did not want to meet on the air, and the other side was uh, was amicable toward it. But the other side certainly, both parties were, in, I think, in in violation of just general good rules of conduct toward one another. Yeah, I don't um, think it went well. I, I think that uh, just generally, the whole situation was an absolute mess from the very beginning, and it was not resolved in ways that uh, that should have been attempted. Uh, that weren't even bothered to be attempted during the actual Porcupine Freedom Festival, like bringing in friends to mediate or attempting to even find uh, mediators and attempting to solve that problem over the weekend. And as a result, feelings, angry feelings festered in certain people. And over time, those angry feelings manifested in an angry blog post 
which attacked, I think, unfairly the character of another uh, another one of the participants. It just turned into a huge mess, and that other person was in jail at the time, so she couldn't respond to the blog post, and uh, just you know spiraled out of control into totally excessive drama when it could have been uh, remedied that very weekend by people getting involved. Uh, with with the situation and and then unfortunately that that didn't happen so no to my knowledge it has not been uh been, been resolved but it's also my understanding that it won't be an issue at this year's porcupine freedom festival because savannah last biscuit will not be attending oh that's, that's a shame well you know don't do don't beat yourself up i think you had all uh, you know really good intentions on in trying to smooth the waters um i hope to get to pork fest uh for maybe a night or two this summer by the way and okay. experience that but, uh, you know, I mean, one thing, I think common sense, I, I, if I was going to a sort of family-friendly event, I don't know that I would bring my guard dogs. I mean, I, I don't know that that was the best decision. Well, I think at the, to Mama Allie admitted that. She, uh, she yeah. agreed oh, yeah. that she said that it she was should the not. first time that she'd taken them places, but at the same time, you know, I, I think that she had, I think that she believed them to be good guard dogs and, you know, maybe, but... She know, didn't know what she was getting into is what it was. Yeah. I mean, she'd never... I, 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 I doubt might. she'd gotten out of Savannah very much running a 24-7 business uh, down there delivering food to and people. So You may have had no option. I may, True. I may bring my extremely angry cat. I'll just warn you now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Anything else you want to share tonight? No, that's fine. Thanks so All much. I right, appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is, again, the SACL CAI toll for you. You bring a cat to Porkfest, it is going to be an angry animal, I can assure you. Why? Why do you say that? Just come on. Cats are – it's not a cat-friendly – place i mean cats don't like generally like to be out in the open with a bunch of people you know on leashes dogs and kids running around i mean yeah. does this sound like cat atmosphere no not you? really yeah we tried to get ravage on a leash and he didn't yeah. really take to that very well yeah the cat's gonna choke itself trying to get away from this nonsense <laughs> no ravage just laid down he became civil disobedience cat and <laughs> right. he would not allow himself to be taken anywhere yeah this isn't good for the cat <laughs> this isn't going to be good for you it's not good for the cat it's not good for anybody leave your cat at home <laughs> let's talk to scott in massachusetts you're on free talk live hello scott hello mark and ian how are you what's on your mind tonight scott uh i'm sure you're familiar with the westboro baptist church from topeka kansas aren't you yeah yes. the uh, very outrageous church that goes around and attempts to stir up press coverage uh by doing offensive protests at places like funerals and things like that they, uh, that's right. They They're very bigoted, like you. Dead U.S. soldiers, funerals. But you know, Mark, the, the, the American people are portraying these with a broad brush that they're just uh, bigots and, and, and homophobes. And, well, that's and what they are. I mean, they are bigots well, no, and homophobes. And they're probably also, um, you know, incestuous as well. Not, you know, I mean, that's their business, but it's but not good see, for genes, the gene pool. They're killing the messenger and, and, and not focusing on the message. And the message is gentlemen, is that God is very angry with America for condoning homosexual and lesbian marriage. Are you saying God doesn't love homosexuals? I wish Dale was. Why did you? Oh, anyway, go ahead. God right. is very angry at this country, not only for accepting homos, tolerating homosexual lesbian marriage, but also for, uh, for, for pornography, for, for, uh, for selfishness, cruelty. Wait, so uh, God didn't create homosexuals is what you're saying? I'm saying that it's against God's holy and sacred laws and against the laws of the Bible, that, that, that this homosexual and Who lesbian... created homosexuals then, if it wasn't God? I mean, if, if homosexuals, which homosexuality occurs in nature, there's plenty of evidence for it, uh, if homosexuals are not natural, then you know, what's your explanation for that? My explanation for it is that, that, uh, that God, uh, God, God made them. Of course, he made all of humanity, but this is not what God wants. 
And and this is why. So you're saying God, God failed? Then are you well, saying that he uh, he failed in his creation? Yes. And, and oh, so God, God isn't perfect then? No. Oh, very and, interesting. And, Christ, that's that's not a typical yeah, Christian uh, viewpoint. Isn't usually, it? it's uh, invalid. Well, in my opinion, God 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 uh, is 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 far from perfect because uh, if if he was if he was so perfect, we would live in a perfect world, and we don't. But anyway, well, that, wait, uh, now, that doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I've got a question uh, here for you. You were suggesting that uh, you know the Westboro Baptist Church might be right in their uh, their protests, and one of the things they're saying is essentially the United States is losing in Iraq and Afghanistan because of its uh, its stance on homosexuality here on the uh, domestic issues, things like that. But I just wonder about you know what about the War of eighteen twelve? The United States nearly got its butt handed to it if it hadn't been for a a rogue hurricane. Um, the, the United States would have disappeared. At at, in 1812, what was the United States doing at that point that was so bad uh, that God was punishing him then? Because it seems like God's just kind of randomly punishing people. I'm just saying that it sounds very odd that you have Hurricane Katrina, droughts, we're in a depression, Iraq and Afghanistan. This you know, if you can't answer questions about your belief system, Scott, you don't really have much of a defined belief system. Maybe you really are just a troll. Maybe you really are. Some have speculated over the years that you really don't believe the things that you say, that you, I do you simply the say thing- them to get a reaction, no, that no, you simply no, call, I, the, call these radio shows, because we no. know we're not the only one. We know you've called other shows, uh, that you call these radio shows simply to, uh, to troll them. No. Maybe you really aren't a uh, bigoted person. No, I, I just playing be- a game with us. No, no, no. I do believe these things. Well, but why I do- can't you answer questions? You totally dodged Mark's what question. What do you want me to answer well, about the War of eighteen twelve? Yeah. Why is it that uh, we're being punished now? Uh, we weren't being. What were we being punished for then? Because because the world is so evil now. Well, then God doesn't want any countries. Then does he? I don't know. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Listening options are there. We've got live streams, broadband and dial-up versions. You can uh, listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live around the clock, 24-7, there for you, totally free at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can learn about the other great ways to listen to the program, including 94 radio stations from coast to coast on AM and FM, plus our satellite signal, which is free to air, meaning you don't have to pay a subscription fee to receive it, uh, plus our webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. All of it over at listen.freetalklive.com. Intern for Liberty. Make a difference, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is seeking undergraduates, graduate students, and recent graduates for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all types of journalism and in public policy. The internship includes a generous stipend, 
housing assistance, career workshops, training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information. You can sign up there to receive updates and reminders. Uh, people have been uh, placed and gone on to such uh, prestigious organizations as The Economist, The Wall Street Journal, The Washington Post, Cato Institute, um, and think tanks around the United States. It's libertarianinternships.com. All right, so we're going to continue here. Of course, you can bring up anything. The toll-free number 800-259-9231. Coming up here, Mark, let's let's get into actually jump into it here. Uh, Kid Rock, apparently his flashing or usage of the Southern Confederate flag has upset some people. And what's the circumstance here? Well, this is from uh, the Detroit News, and it's uh, it's kind of a strange situation. Some NAACP supporters plan to boycott the Detroit NAACP's annual fundraiser over an honor for Kid Rock they say doesn't mesh with the civil rights group's goals. So the NAACP, some NAACPers are going to boycott an NAACP event because Kid Rock has apparently been honored by that organization. The rocker is set to receive the Detroit Branches Great Expectations Award at the annual dinner, which typically attracts 10,000 people on May the 1st at the Cabo Center. Hmm. But Adolf Mango, a longtime political consultant ahead of Detroiters for Progress, said he and others will sit it out over Kid Rock's use of the controversial Confederate flag during performances Hmm. it's a slap in the face for anyone who fought for civil rights in this country mongo says uh, thursday it's a symbol of hatred and bigotry Uh, the naacp officials defended the honor kid rock has uh, consistently lifted the great expectations of many persons concerning the future of the city donald r white uh, interim executive director of the detroit naacp said in a statement kid rock and his representatives couldn't be reached but in 2008 interview with the uh, guardian in britain he said that the flag to him represents Southern rock and roll. Hmm. And I think that this is an interesting issue. Um, this Kid Rock or the flag? The Kid Rock's not that interesting. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he needs a different hat. The <laughs> haircut. The... Um, <laughs> But the flag, I think that it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I, for one, in Sarasota, Florida, saw a black man walking down Main Street with a Confederate flag T-shirt on. (laughs) I have seen these things And a cowboy hat, right? Uh, No, no, no no cowboy hat, just had a T-shirt on. Okay. And it's a pair of black uh, (laughs) jeans, as I recall, but it's been a while. Uh, the it would have been interesting to ask that guy what does that flag mean to you i ought to have done that but i did not do that this guy says that it's a symbol of hatred and bigotry and i I can see that yeah i absolutely can it's the reason that i wouldn't put one on my car Um, right but i see how it's it shows up that way to people but you need to take a look at the other guy's situation too i think a lot of people that like the i think the confederate flag is probably the most attractive of flags ever made. The, that or the Union Jack from the, uh, the, the 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 Great Britain, which I'm sure the Scottish hate too. So you know, I get maybe it's the diagonal lines. I don't know. Mm. I just think it. And, and we're not even talking about the real Confederate flag of the Confederate States of America. You're talking about the Virginia battle flag. So this is the flag that has come to represent the Confederacy. Really? Why? Because it's attractive. Hmm. Um, And, you know, people are going to use it for stuff. Uh, Certainly some Southern rock and roll bands. Some of them were probably had members who had bigoted thoughts. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to to bring this up after uh, Scott the Bigot was just on. Yeah. 
but you know this this idea i think that this is a situation where one needs to take a deep breath ask people about their opinions instead of taking the opportunity to kick a guy like a uh, kid rock who apparently has done some good things for this organization i'm going to just assume that everybody's done good things here but you know the guys the guys trying he's doing some good stuff and ah oh, he's got a pair he uses confederate flags in his marketing we're just going to we're going to use this as an opportunity to uh to get a little press for us and screw him well the good be, stuff he's doing well, now hold on now to be fair this is not stopping him from getting the award it's just that some people are sitting it out some some members of the it's detroit searching the award while he's getting it you know, like you know the the last guy who got the award he didn't have all this hullabaloo around it mm-hmm. because he you know didn't have a confederate flag in his marketing materials yeah but i i've never heard of this award before and now Me i either. have right indeed i mean so, i'm not saying that there's not uh, benefits to, uh, to bad publicity but you just love bad publicity i'm telling you some people don't love bad publicity dude and i think that they deserve not to have bad oh, publicity all i'm saying is it's not going to stop him from like things are going to go forth he's going to be given this mm-hmm. award they're going to move forward with it so i think it's interesting that the NAACP in this uh, instance is split on this it's I mean, a people- chill it's probably going to be a chilling effect on the NAACP and perhaps the next Southern rocker that uses uh, Confederate flags in their their marketing will not get uh, the award from the Detroit arm of the NAACP. I doubt very many Southern Southern rockers Seems will unlikely. get awards Agreed. just in general from the NAACP. I just, but. I just think that it's a, you know, if, if I'm getting an award for having done something good in the community and some other organization wants to jump in on my, uh, you know, me getting that award, all they are is clean Clingers on, they're little leeches. Get your own, do your own marketing, get your own publicity. Don't go out there and kick mud and pee on somebody else in order to get your publicity. Wait, was there, was I not paying attention? Was there a second organization involved here? I thought this these were members Detroit. of the NAACP who they, were protesting. They are. Um, this is, you know, apparently, maybe they're creating their own organization. I don't know I exactly see. what, but Detroiters for Progress. This is, they, they got ah. a quote from this guy, right? Okay. And I'm sure that there's some cross. So he's in a, maybe groups. a member of the NAACP and a member of this other organization. It sounds that way. And they're using the other organization to put out some sort of a press release in response to yeah. what's what's happening. And they're having a walkout or whatever it is that they're doing. Well, there's nothing wrong with using an incident with which you disagree. I'm not saying that they're doing something immoral, Ian. I'm just saying that they're, you know, they're being... Uh, th- th- this guy's getting the award for doing good things, right? Yeah. And then to take that opportunity... To, it seems to, petty. I can understand where you're coming from, Mark, but I also understand where they're coming from and that they feel like this is a really offensive symbol. I mean, would would uh, Kid Rock be able to get away with wearing a KKK hood during nope. his concerts? Nope. I mean, and be like, well, I, I, it makes me look like a dunce. <laughs> That's why I wear it. I mean, nobody would really be fooled by that. I'm not saying Kid Rock is a racist. I'm just saying there are certain symbols that are are very offensive. I yep. mean, you put up a swastika during your concerts, and it's, you may say go it's a really cool design. Mm-hmm. Or like, the, well, the history of the swastika actually is that it was in use long before Hitler. You know, I'm sorry, yeah. none of that's going to fly. Yeah, so it I'll makes agree with sense. you on that. I just. You know, I, I think that this. I think this is a group of people. I often feel this way when, uh, when, when somebody's, you know, getting some uh, publicity for doing something right, and somebody else comes along and takes crap in their Cheerios and says, "Oh, look at my Cheerios!" Mm. You know, and I think it's just nasty. Um, I, you know, I think the Confederate flag. Although I understand why some people are offended by it, I really am. I wouldn't wear it or do anything with it because of that. But I think at the same time. 
we're all adults here, and we know that some people that like the Confederate flag don't like it because they hate black people or they want to see black people be mm. re-enslaved or something like that. That's true. I mean, There's no I, doubt. I just... I, I don't know. I mean, it's worth it's worth pointing that out. Your thoughts certainly are welcome on the Confederate flag. Please, what is it? I, I'd love to I'd yeah. enlighten me. What does it mean to you when you see that flag? Or maybe you fly the flag. 800-259-9231. I could say, well, it symbolizes the idea of secession. I like the idea of secession, but I still wouldn't fly the Confederate flag. I'm actually against the idea of uh, states in general and... Usually flags are flown in support of the concept of a state. Anyway, 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done. Get a great deal. And a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever you'd like. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Your thoughts certainly welcome on the Confederate flag or anything that might happen to be on your mind. We'll continue and take your calls here in just one quick moment. But first, Mark. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. Freedomsphoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to freedoms, with an S, phoenix.com. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Colin, listening to WBHP in Huntsville, Alabama. Hello, Colin. Hey, I just wanted to call. I don't call in the radio shows too often, so I may be kind of nervous. I just wanted to say that I live in Huntsville, Alabama, and, you know, living in the South, every day I go out and I see people wearing the Confederate flag all the time. And and not just white people. I've seen black people wearing the Confederate flag. I've seen black people with Confederate flags painted on the hoods of their car. Why do you think that is? It's just a cultural thing. You know, it's a Southern tradition. I mean, obviously the South didn't completely mentally separate from the Union. There's still a, a mentality in the South that's, that's just here. That's just, it's just a Southern thing. It's like cornbread. You know, I think that uh, people have a tendency to, uh, to, to like to identify with, uh, you know, regional things. Um, oh, definitely, definitely. You know, whether it's uh, your baseball team, your football team, um, you know, often you'll find uh, people that uh, are really into college football that have never gone to college um, at that <laughs> university or at all. And yeah. uh, so you'll find that people like to identify with, uh, with, uh, with regional things. And I think to some extent that that's what the Confederate flag's about. Colin, thanks for your thoughts tonight. Let's talk to Clinton listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hello, Clinton. Yeah, howdy. It's actually Quentin. Oh, Quentin. Go ahead with your thoughts. Oh, I was just calling on the Confederate flag. I actually fly one from the back of my truck. Uh, Here in Indiana, I don't see too many of them, but I fly it for a couple reasons, Uh, neither of which have to do with race. One, I agree with secession just like you. It's pretty interesting that America seceded from Great Britain, but then America wants to tell its own states that they can't secede. Mm. Uh, Also, I'm a strong believer in state rights. 
And uh, if you do your history on the Civil War, I mean, that's what it really came down to was the states having the right to decide whether or not to be slave states or not. I get you, man. I, I totally support your reasons on that. But aren't you concerned with how people will perceive it or, or how they may misperceive it? Doesn't that bother you? Uh, a bit? I don't really worry about what other people think. I've actually had – I actually got black friends that uh, – you know, they've asked me about it, and mm-hmm. we've talked about it. They know their history on the Civil War, and, uh, you know, if people take automatic offense to it, then it just shows their level of ignorance, I guess. Well said, sir. I thank you for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. I guess my real concern would not so much would be how people are, con- you know, f- feeling about it, but, uh, you know, whether they might key your truck or uh, <laughs> set it on fire, you know, then then their feelings could really come into play, right? I, I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, it's always, <laughs> they go back to states' rights, but it was the states' rights to own black people, or, you know, the, the people in the state could own. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's still wrapped up in that slavery thing. There were, however, I think uh, some... Like the, these taxes that were just uh, completely intolerable that were pace, placed on the South that essentially were not uh, fair compared to what they were on the North. And, and I think that was another. Well, they were putting tariffs on the Southern textile manufacturers and things like that, right? Yeah, that, that weren't applica- applicable to the North? That's right. Yeah. So. Oh, that was one of many, I'm sure, as we continue with Ricky listening to WTAR in Virginia. Hello, Ricky. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Hey, go um, ahead. I wanted to comment about the Kid Rock thing. I just want to state, you know, it's a shame that they're doing that to him, but because a lot of his lyrics talk about um, you know, racism and how he's embarrassed to be white, and, you know, and he does a lot of donations to help inner-city programs and stuff, which a lot of them are with black people, mm-hmm. you know, and it's his drummer's a black woman. I mean, to say that he's a racist or even to you know, make a comment about him being a racist, he does a lot for... Um, the black culture. Great I mean, points, and that's clearly why the NAACP is giving him an award. Right, right. But I just think that, that to boycott that, it, it's just, like you said, it's just, just trying to get them exposure to whatever they're trying to do. I mean, it's not really doing nothing to hurt him in any way, but he, he does a lot for black people, but for him to have a flag that's, you know, a southern flag doesn't mean he's a racist. It doesn't mean racist in any way to him. Yeah, it's a, it's an organization that can't on their own get the publicity. Will go ahead and ride the co- coattails of somebody who can, exactly. somebody who's getting stuff done, who's doing things for the same people that they want to help, but uh, they they don't mind uh, you know mm. they, they don't mind riding his coattails and talk about how bad he is. Good exactly. person. He, he would be the first person to stand up for the black people. I mean, I mean that's just the way he is. He's I mean just I just I just. When you when y'all talked about that, it just kind of made me a little irritated because I mean I, I mean I, do, I listen to a lot of Kid Rock music and a lot of his r- r- music is about ending racism and you know mm-hmm. not being prejudiced or racist. So interesting points, and I thank you for uh, the thoughts tonight. Thank you, Ricky, at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Also very interesting that his drummer is a, a black female. Yeah, as well. I, I, I can't say that I'm an, a Kid Rock expert or anything like that, but I believe what Ricky says. Yeah, so clearly she has no issue with the uh, Confederate flag being displayed during concerts and such. Let's continue here at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one with Dennis listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Hello, Dennis. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's up? Yeah, I was just telling your your man right there that. Uh, I happen to have a Confederate flag. My, I've got the battle flag. I counted 13 stars on it, like the Betsy Ross flag, 13 stars on that one. And the uh, issue of states' rights. Now, you made a, one of y'all made a crack about, well, the states had the right to have slavery. No, 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 the states didn't do that. That was a small percentage of people that were doing that. Well, the yeah, but it was the people government, in charge. The federal government is extremely oppressive and tyrannical. 
And the Cherokee Nation, in fact, during the Civil War, they never forgot that Trail of Tears thing with thousands. And some of those are my ancestors, you know, everything, okay, that died on the trail all the way from the South, come over to Oklahoma like that. And so they, they fought against it. You, have, you, you, could, you just simply haven't read about how tyrannical and oppressive the federal government was even back then. Now, this, you've got a right to speak. Absolutely. You Lincoln right was a tyrant. Lincoln, yeah, no you doubt. You have the right to join join the union, and if they get too too uh, tyrannical and passive, you have the right to pull out. The U.S. Constitution says that. I have a, I have a copy of it. So the southern states were doing right, and on the Confederate flag, the real what it is is the idea of symbolizing wanting to be free from tyranny and oppression. Now these other idiots out here that want to make a racial issue out of it. All I can say is, if they don't like the flag, then get the hell out of my country and go live somewhere else, man. <laughs> Dennis, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Uh, I, I generally understand where he's coming from, and I agree with the sentiment, and I agree with the, the idea that... Uh, Trying to separate uh, the, the secession of the uh, southern states of the United uh, States of America from the issue of slavery is a... Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a it's a gosh darned lie. Okay. The fact is that you can say that's not where the war was started, though. What over the, the issue four, of slavery? Four of those states, um, when they issued their declaration of secession, slavery was mentioned right in there. Top reason. I mean, that's just it, man. It was states' rights, but it was the states' rights of very wealthy people. And remember, that's who runs the states. That's who makes the decision to own other people. I'm. I got you. I understand those those states should have had the right to secede. I'm with you. That's right. It was separate, a tyrant who to, kept them in and started a war with the, the, people's brothers. It was, dude. That issue was growing for the first hundred years of this nation. Before this nation was a nation, that issue was percolating. What? Issue? I, it, what? what issue? The issue of secession slavery. or slavery. Okay, I just want to make sure you're clear. Um, We're talking about different issues here. Uh, so Lincoln, the simple fact that Lincoln was a tyrant, and he was, all these things are true. But I really feel that one dilutes the issue of secession. One dilutes the issue of uh, the of the 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 war against the states, a war of uh, you know war of northern aggression. Mm. When one says, oh, I didn't have nothing to do with slavery. I didn't say it didn't slaves? have nothing to do. What slaves? The, the, the Cherokees love us. Who said Black that? people fought. Well, that's Who what he that? was sounding like. And I I'm didn't sorry. hear that from him. I didn't hear that. And I <laughs> he certainly said it didn't was say about that. states' rights. Great. You're talking to me now, and I said that uh, it wasn't all about slavery. It wasn't just it's about slavery. It's not just about slavery. Everybody picked up that rifle for lots of reasons. It was but about— But I can tell you, it wasn't so great living down there, even after the war, if you were black. So that tells no me that a great deal of people down there probably had certain feelings about black folks. No doubt about that, Mark, but there were also slaves up north as well. They had been released. <laughs> which Where's up north? Are you talking? There were four border states in which there were slaves uh-huh. that did not secede with the Confederate states, and Lincoln, it, you know, ended, and that ended actually not with Lincoln, the the guy who came after him, um, after post. So anyway, I get it when it comes to uh, the reasons why people fly this flag. It might, it makes sense. Yeah, supporting secession, I get all of that, but for the same reason, I don't call myself an anarchist. You know, <laughs> I call myself a voluntarist because a certain terms have baggage in the same way certain symbols have baggage, and whether you like it or not, that one got it. So that's why I would stay I think it's a pretty flag, though. All right, so we're out of time for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com.
The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post, and I've got on uh, the line here a uh, representative uh, from the state of New Hampshire, Andrew Manus. Andrew, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you today? Well, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show, Mark. Not a problem at all. Thanks for uh, sponsoring this bill. There's a bill I want to talk to people about, um, a very interesting one. Um, it's it's HB 628, and what's the what's the title of it, Andrew? Yes, it's an act making the touching or viewing with a technological device of a person's breasts or genitals by a government security agent without probable cause a sexual assault. And for the record, I am a co-sponsor of the bill uh, with George Lambert, uh, a representative from Litchfield, and I am a representative from Derry. Okay, now this is the uh, this is codenamed the or the you know popularly named the "Don't Touch My Junk" bill. Uh, yes, that's what uh, some people have affectionately called it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's as sad as that, that is that we have to have a bill um, with that name. Um, it doesn't please me to give it a name like that, but uh, certainly that is uh, the effect that we're trying to uh, reach here. <laughs> now, you know, uh, obviously a lot of people are um, you know going to be interested in this. I... But... <sighs> I want to make sure that people understand. Uh, it seems like the title's good enough, but um, why don't you just uh, you know make it clear what the bill's going to do? Okay, well, um, we have some new information for you. George and I will be working on an amendment to the bill. Would you like me to discuss what the amendment's going to do or what the original bill was going to do? Um, I guess the amendment, if that's what's going through. Okay, yes, we, are, we were, will be looking to do something very similar to what we're doing with HB 89, the act uh, that requires the Attorney General to join the lawsuit uh, against Obamacare. Um, we're basically going to convert this bill into something similar, and if there are no other states that already are engaged in a lawsuit, we're going to start it uh, in New Hampshire, uh, the lawsuit against the TSA to um, prevent them from doing these unconstitutional searches at the airports. Um, and I, I think that uh, the other thing that we're going to do is create a study committee uh, to look into all of the other things that we can do to prevent this type of abuse at our airports and our train stations, bus stations, and on our highways. Because this is not just exclusive to the airport anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, it seems like the TSA is uh, growing its purview by leaps and bounds. Not that they're catching anything; they're just growing their purview. Uh, pretty soon, they'll be coming at the house, uh, coming into your house, just making sure that you're you haven't got anything on you. Well, I, I really hope not, but you, I, I wouldn't be surprised. In all honesty, uh, the original bill, just uh, for the sake of your listeners, would have uh, made it a sexual assault for an agent to uh, grope you without probable cause. Um, we've since discovered uh, that uh, some legal uh, terms, such as articulable suspicion, should be used instead of probable cause due to okay. several Supreme Court cases. Um, but the, the basic gist of it is that uh, a government security agent, whether they're a TSA or any other agent, uh, really needs to articulate what exactly they're searching for, and they have to have a darn good reason to be doing it. Yeah. They can't 
They can't just pull someone out of line for no cause whatsoever and put their hand inside someone's pants. It's, it's, They've been doing that. They've been taking, uh, you know, there's a story of a woman on the Internet where she's talking about how her kid was taken away from her out of her sight. I can only imagine how my wife would just blow up if that happened. I I don't believe that I would allow that to happen. Uh, I would rather uh, be pressed with the $10,000 fine and leave the airport, frankly, Um, and I'd fight the fine because I think that that's not justified either. There have been several Supreme Court decisions that have held that the only way that you can do these administrative searches at the airport is if there is an ability to opt out of them, for one thing. So, okay, well, we're not going to do this. We're going to leave the airport. Or, um, you know, it's it's no more extensive nor intensive than necessary um, in the light of current technology to detect the presence of weapons or explosives. You know, uh, uh, the, the fines that they give, the TSA gives, there, there's never an opportunity to go to court over them. They just give you a fine. They just say $10,000, and they, they pass it on down. I can't see how, that, I, I can't see how that's enforceable. It, it's, it's frankly not. United States versus Davis is the Supreme Court, or the, the uh, Ninth District Court case, uh, and the decision says that uh, our case law has erroneously suggested that the reasonableness of airport screening searches uh, is dependent on ongoing consent or irrevo- irrevocable implied consent. Their, their case was that uh, consent is required for these types of searches to, to take place. I did not know that, but uh, it, I certainly knew it in my heart that that must be something like that must be so. I, you know, it makes me feel good when there's at least a few judges out there willing to stand up for for people's rights. It seems it seems like it's growing. Uh, the the that the likelihood of them not standing up over time seems to be growing. But that's good news. Well, you know, and frankly, that's why we decided to sponsor this bill, George and I. We really wanted to send a very strong message, and with the way that we originally framed the bill, we we have achieved that a very strong message that this has got to stop here. We we really can't have this type of search being uh, conducted at our airports, uh, in our train station, bus station, or highways, where we're just, you know, randomly selecting innocent people and treating them like they're guilty terrorists ready to blow up an airplane. There's just no reason for a civilization to do that to innocent civilians. Yeah, it, it, and, it seems like a situation where they're, they're calling you guilty before you're proven innocent. It, precisely. And, you know, if we, don't, if we don't stand up and do this, and yes, there's lots of naysayers out there saying that we're unsophisticated, we, we can't tell the federal government what to do, et cetera, et cetera. You know what? If we don't do this now, if we don't stand up and say, you can't do this, you need to stop, then how far is this going to go? You know, I'll take unsophisticated any time, Andrew. Um, you know, I, I'd much rather have a passionate guy willing to make a mistake in the state house um, in the, on the side of my freedom than I would for, you know, somebody who's going to be careful and watch my freedoms, uh, you know, drift away. So thank you for what you're doing. Well, I appreciate it. But the, I mean, the point of the matter is that we do know what we're doing. Uh, the 10th Amendment allows us as state legislatures to tell the federal government when they've overstepped their bounds. Right now, we're looking into the best way to do that, and yeah. we haven't we haven't come out with a clear uh, indication yet, which is why we want to do the study committee over the summer. But I think that uh, re, you know requiring the AG to launch a lawsuit over this is probably a really good first step, and that is something that we absolutely can do. 
So um, that's why we, you know, after meeting with the Speaker of the House today, George and I have decided to go this route. Now, um, there lots of lots of bills get introduced in in America. Not all of them make it through. What are the chances of this making it through? Do you have a feel for that? Um, I mean, so many people listen to this podcast and the radio show that uh, accompanies it, and they hear about the Free State Project. They hear about all the advances that uh, have occurred throughout time, um, especially in the last, you know, getting the last election with so many. Uh, Free Staters and so many people that are endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance and the Republican Liberty Caucus uh, elected to the New Hampshire House. What are your chances of getting it through? Well, you know, uh, it's not just about this bill. It's it's also about sending a very strong message around the country uh, to Washington that this has gone too far. And, you know, if we're accomplishing that by getting onto these uh, press uh on, on to Fox News, onto your radio yep. show, onto CNN, et cetera. You know, if we're accomplishing that, we're giving people some hope and, and saying, yes, we can stand up and say no to the federal government. To me, that's a victory. But, you know, in its present form, the bill probably doesn't have a good chance. In its amended form, I think it does have a good chance. And we, we actually might go somewhere with it. I sincerely hope you get it through, Andrew. Um, and please, uh, you know, I, I, I keep I keep track of you, what you're doing. I, I see the stuff that you post on the Republican Liberty Caucus in um, New Hampshire forum there. Please keep posting those things and let me know. And uh, the next time um, I hear something that sounds good, I'll, I'll bring you back on. We can talk about it some more. Well, I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, you know, let me just uh, state, I, I know we're all, uh, we, we love liberty uh, on this show, um, but uh, I, I think it's important for us to note that we do care about airport security. Sure. Yes. Uh, and, I, you know, we don't want we don't want people blowing us up. I, I don't know anybody that does. So you know, the the fact of the matter is that what we're doing now is we're taking women, uh, you know, your mom, your 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 wife, your daughter, your, your grandmother, out of line for no cause whatsoever. And in some cases, we we have government security agents putting their hands inside of their underwear. To me, that's just, that's unacceptable. That's unconscionable. It is it absolutely is. unconscionable, and uh, thank you for for pointing that out. You know, we didn't do I didn't do that in this interview, but you know, I I feel like I've seen these. Uh, you know, I the the TSA was talking about their little scanner machines and how great they're going to be. And there's this picture of this woman with a she was in blue, and then she had a a nice bright white gun that you could see in her waistband. And then I see the real pictures from these scanning things, and uh, you you find out that a TSA agent goes through the uh, Dallas Dallas Air- Airport uh, two weeks ago five times with a gun in her waistband and manages to get through because either a they're not looking or b these machines don't work i tend to think they're not that uh, they're not that effective and that it's just a big waste of our time they've used dogs effectively in foreign airports uh, for bombs bomb sniffing for a long time and i think that they would probably be the most effective way and nobody would have to disrobe throw away their water bottles carry toothpaste in a three ounce container and all the other nonsense the tsa has us doing well, well let me give you a, a very interesting example there's a there's a documentary film that uh, George and I recently watched we connected with the filmmaker it's called please remove your shoes okay. for your listeners you can google that and it'll come up um, basically one of the examples that they gave this movie is all about the TSA operation and how it's all security theater there's no real security being uh, performed here 
And and in one case, they did a red test uh, where the TSA agent pretends to be a regular passenger just for the uh, you know for the uh, t to attempt to break the system. So this person, what they did was they put a bomb inside of their carry-on bag, a literal bomb, uh, and and they covered it up with clothing, and then they put a water bottle on top of the clothing. Okay. And they went through. They went through the security scan. They put the thing on the belt. It went through. They they found the water bottle. Okay. They they got. They opened the bag. They found the water bottle. They messed around with the clothes a little bit. You know, felt it up a little bit here and there. Took the water bottle out. Threw it away in the bucket. And and on they went with the bomb in the bag right onto the plane. Yep, that's about how that about sums up. <laughs> Andrew, um, if people want to follow what you're doing, what's the best way that they can connect uh, with you and find out more? Well, my website is www.andrewmanoose.com. Uh, it has a, uh, a link to my uh, email address, andrew at andrewmanoose.com. And uh, George uh, Lambert uh, can be reached at his website, um, ourhampshire.com. Let me spell Manus um, real quick for people. M-A-N-U-S-E, like man use. That's, that's right. Okay. Thank you. F thank you for your time, Andrew. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure, and thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing stickers from libertystickers.com exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers that's libertystickers.com but wait there's more you can buy liberty stickers wholesale get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination sell them or give them away they're great for gun shows flea markets fairs outreach and more earn extra money promote freedom and spread the word need custom stickers labels or decals for your organization or business liberty stickers makes them go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626 libertystickers.com the world's most dangerous stickers <laughs> 